doing pretty well. Okay, how about yourself? Yeah? <laughs> yeah, you seemed to, you seemed a little on edge when I when I messaged you. last week's show so we just kind of uh, agreed not to put out a half-hearted show and anyway moving on pretty excited for this week before we do jump into anything yeah i just fixed it okay um before we do jump into <laughs> anything uh, i just want to Give a little shout out to our sponsors. First one being Audible. If you go to audibletrial.com forward slash the CWL podcast, you can get one month free of Audible plus one audiobook, two Audible originals. You can use Audible on your phone, tablet, or Alexa, and you can just listen to the amazing audiobooks. There's Game of Thrones on there, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, like all of the classics. Um, Go to audibletrial.com forward slash the CWR podcast to get your first month's free trial. Sponsor number two, Humble Bundle. Newest way you can support the CWR. Helps if I can even say the name of our podcast, right? The newest way <laughs> that you can support the CWL podcast is by clicking the Humble Bundle logo in the panel below. You will get over $100 worth of games for just $12 a month. Each month, you get a bunch of new games. This month, Actually includes Call of Duty Black Ops 4 for PC, Dude. but um, we're going to jump into PC talk a little bit later on. But uh, retails for $60 on Steam and um, the other one I can't remember the name of that you use on PC. And uh, you get it, you can get it for $12 as well as five other games. All you have to do is click the link below. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or on Twitch, it should be right below. Even just a click, you don't have to actually. Uh, buy but just a click help support us um before we do jump into our guest lando i believe he's going to join us here in a couple of minutes um yeah. did you get a chance to watch game of thrones this past week i did i did i actually watched it on sunday uh Holy it shit. was it was after it aired oh. um but it was on sunday okay um yeah i was i was well as you know i was busy moving this week uh, i didn't get yeah. to catch it right I made sure just to make you happy. Same day. Good, 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 good. How how did you feel? I felt it was it was so much happened in that episode. I felt like it was quite rushed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I it definitely wasn't the best, but it it was still good. Like yeah, that's it. I definitely agree with some of saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I don't know. It was just a weird episode, in my opinion. So, um, did you get to see Endgame as well? Yes, actually, yes. I went to see that on Thursday, I believe. So that was the first day that I started to move and everything. But mm -hmm. um, took some time out. Well, I say some time out. I went at eleven o'clock at night um, to go watch it, and yeah, loved it. Really enjoyed that. Did you see it yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw it, and uh... okay. I felt like, without giving away too much, some of the things that <laughs> happened 
were just like, oh, okay, this actor's contract is ending, so we're going to kill them off. Oh, this actor's yeah. contract is ending, so we're going to kill them off. It wasn't like, like it happened to happen, it, you know, to make the story flow. Yeah, no, absolutely. Actually, but I think they just did a fantastic job of doing it. Oh, yeah, it was a great movie, and I'm definitely going to watch it probably at least five or six more times over the next couple of years. But um, <laughs> I, another thing I'm super looking forward to, um, Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, whatever. the new one. The one that's going to be set in well. Rome, I believe. And, yeah. Oh, really? So I've not actually looked at anything to do with it, but I'm just excited. I, I They released a new trailer the other day and actually had Tom Holland in, like, Okay. No, not Tom Holland. Um, what's the Spider-Man actor's name? Is yeah, it Tom Holland? Holland. I thought Tom Holland yeah. was Loki. No. No. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I had, had the actor. It, he like came on and said, "Before you watch this, you need to watch Endgame because." Oh, okay. Endgame spoilers. I just thought it was kind of funny. That... Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I would hate to have and you know you go weeks not getting it spoiled and you watch a trailer for the next movie and then that's what spoils it for you <laughs> that would really suck. that would be hilarious yeah that really would anyway so are <laughs> we uh are we ready to bring in our our guest for this week do you have a little spiel before we bring him in um i mean not really i didn't have much time to prepare obviously for tonight okay. um but i mean what i can say is for most of the people in the chat right now you probably already know who he is Mr. Landon Sanders also Mando is going to be joining us. He is also a esports caster and analyst. You'll be seeing to your screens on Twitch um, a lot of Call of Duty. And yeah, so without further ado, I think we're really excited to have him on. We're going to be talking about some CWL London action. And then franchising talk with times at this point. And not every into yeah, pretty much, and then obviously jumping into a bit more of a Q and Q and A with him as well. So go ahead and type in the chat stream, and I'll be writing them down. We don't get to them straight away. We will begin to them at some point. Right. I'll get him in here. Hello. 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 Hi. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing good. Sam's uh, Sam's lagging a little bit today. I'm not sure what's going on with you, but um, hold on one second. We're doing good, man. That's good to hear. I'm sorry, my audio is kind of messed. I'm trying to allow for myself to hear you guys a little bit louder. Good. Yeah, we uh, we had a bit of audio uh, technical difficulties at the start of the stream. Oh well. yeah, I started the stream without checking because I, was... I literally finished work at eleven o'clock. So I finish work, race home, have to set everything up, and then get uh, onto uh, yours. Right. Um. So yeah, I didn't check my audios before. That's how it always happens, right? It's like you're you're super prepared for everything, and then it just happens to like just not work the one time that you were kind of prepared for it or, or whatnot. Yeah, it's, electronics exactly are just not fun. To. They're just not a good time. Right, right, right. Is is my mic but a little bit better now? Yes, yes. Okay. You're back. Um, you, I can see your cameras actually. Oh, phenomenal! <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I did fixed it. So 
First, all right. first of all, Lando, I just I just want to say uh, thank you for the support that you've given us over the past um, about 10 weeks at this point, but eight shows. You, I, we do notice you jumping in and out of the charts. We do really appreciate it. You know, any help that we can get at this point, you know, it, it's just so appreciated. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah, no problem, guys. I, I think what you guys are doing is, is, is great. I think, you know, any any content in, in regards to Call of Duty sports scene, I want to try to, you know, be a part of it, if not try to help it in some way. So I think what you guys are doing is awesome. You guys have a really good product, and uh, I'm happy to help. So Thank glad to so see much. stuff like this, you know, kind of popping up and whatnot. So I think this is good. Thank you. Awesome. Well, again, yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. So I don't know. Um, do you get to catch any of uh, Optic Hex's podcasts at all? I do, yeah. I haven't got to watch all of them, but I've watched like a fair amount. Uh, he's been uploading like a lot more recently, but uh, yeah, I think the last one I watched was the one with Hutch. I'm not sure if that's okay. the, like the last one that's been uploaded, but I think okay, I think that's been one since then. But so you're going to be familiar okay. with this question. Uh, the mm -hmm. question is, who are you today? Oh, okay. I see. I got yeah. you now. Okay, <laughs> I, I see. I kind of get an idea where that comes from. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would say I'm, uh, you know, an esports broadcaster and on air talent. Uh, I work for UMG Gaming. Um, I'm just turned 23 years old as of almost a week ago. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of it. I mean, I kind of devote a lot of my life to esports. I'm a college student at Full Sail University studying broadcasting. So, um, okay. so yeah, that's, that's kind of, kind of it i guess you could say is that how you so is that how you kind of got involved with call of duty because i know there was some land tournaments held at full sale at one point and um so what's funny is that uh i had no ties to full sale uh during first event that i actually ever went to was in orlando and it was to okay. a full sale tournament back in ghost i think it was the na regionals for for cod ghosts yeah and so that was like my first yeah. event that I'd ever gone to. And I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. Like I get to see all my favorite players. Plus this is in full sale. Never heard of this place before. Um, but I originally got my into the scene based off like updating people on Twitter, kind of letting them know about roster changes and stuff like that, which later developed me into casting some events uh, mm. for UMG, which I later worked for. So it kind of all started with full sale and it all started with UMG. And it's kind of funny how it kind of went in full circle that I would literally be working for UMG and going to full sale. So, <laughs> uh, right. yeah. So do you work outside of the, the work you do with UMG or is that that's kind of your full-time job? As much um, as it's, it's definitely my full-time job, um, but I do uh, at some points, like do outside work. So sometimes where I'm doing voiceovers or, uh, you know, oh, I'll do cool. some side casts and stuff like that, but there may be even some separate shows, but uh, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely UMG is the, is the full-time gig. So. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, it's definitely a lot so, of fun. So. so obviously you mentioned the, um, that was one of your first events. So kind of walk us through, obviously you don't go, I need to go step by step, right. but um, just a, more of like a TLDR of what happened from you going to that first event to getting to where you were at right now. Yeah, so um, like I said, I, I can kind of ramble, so I'll try, to, I'll try to keep it like to a very bare minimum. Um, it's all good. Yeah, so first event was UMG Dallas 2015. Got the call from someone at UMG, said, hey, We've seen a few of your casts. We'd like you to kind of get brought on. Um, so I started working or started working with UMG. I think I did three or four land tournaments for them. Uh, and then through being on UMG broadcast, then MLG decided to add me to the caster lineup. 
um, and then went from there for a few different titles and then um, kind of branched off with stuff at UMG and started to kind of do my own shows and stuff like that, doing some casting mm. for them as well. So it kind of started off with just casting a lot of local things, just kind of getting my name out there as much as I possibly could, getting added to the UMG rotation, then MLG kind of spotted me out doing the same thing for them. And uh, right. so, yeah, it's kind of like a, a very brief, but like, you know, the, the exact way of kind of how it occurred. So, right. Yeah. Awesome. And so I do see, it feels like every day on Twitter, there's another video coming out that you've, you've done. Is, is, yeah. Uh, so it does the, the studio, like, is that a studio? Is that a green screen? Like, Oh, no, yeah, it's a, it's a studio. So that's okay. uh, the location that we have that's in the greater St. Louis area. Uh, it's, okay. it's, we call it like the UMG studio, whatever you really want to kind of label it as. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's where, like, where we do a lot of streams from. We do a lot of like weekly broadcasts with sponsors and stuff that I'm a part of for other games. And that's also where we host a few of our shows, too, like the, like the Dispatch. So Right. Yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah, I've had a few people ask me before, like, is it a green screen? I'm like, no, it's, it's a real set. Like, I can touch it. It's, it's physical. It's, it's actually there. So <laughs> got to be careful sometimes. But, uh, yeah, lucky enough that it's not a green screen. It is actually a, uh, a full-on location with cameras and great people. So Right. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. That's very cool. And so, so going back a little before that first event, what was it that kind of led you? to um esports to start out with so um i first started watching call of duty specifically uh or rather first started playing it um with some friends and like my dad like we used to play like pc games so i first started playing call of duty big red one i played like some other games before that like call like you know fps related um and then kind of followed the competitive scene once Black Ops 1 hit for the MLG Pro Circuit. Kind of watched a few of those events. I was so young, I had no idea what was really going on. So I say that I was really watching it, but it really wasn't anything. Uh, and that's kind of how I got involved with esports, uh, was pretty much watching that, uh, and then kind of, you know, just followed it over time, realized, you know what, I kind of like this stuff a lot, should probably talk about it, and then, you know, started making YouTube videos, and it kind of went on from there. But, uh, but yeah, good old MLG Pro Circuit back in Black Ops 1. Those are the days. <laughs> so nice. if someone come, came to you now and said, how do I get to where you are? What is the advice that you would give them? And is there anything that you did you recommend they don't do or something you didn't do that you recommend they do? Um, I mean, in term, it kind of depends like what they want to do specifically. I mean, if you want to try and be a commentator or if you want to try to be, you know, a podcast host, whatever it really may be. Um, I would say just try to, you know, put together anything you possibly can. If it's, uh, you know, a product of like a show, if it's if you want to be a producer, like, you know, whatever it really may relate to being. Obviously, you know, I've been more on the, the broadcasting side of things. But really, for me, it was just like connecting with local people that not local in terms of like around my area, but like in terms of like people who are kind of on the same level as I was. So like, you know, contacting people saying, hey, would you like a, you know, a free cast or I'll figure out how to stream and I'll figure out how to commentate it. I'll get the teams involved. I'll organize it all. They're going to be like, yeah, why not? Like this guy's willing to do this for free. Why not? And so that you do that, you get practice. And then over time, you know, you work up getting connections and stuff. So if I were to give any advice, I would just say, you know, work on your craft and kind of realize where you are and kind of set high goals for yourself. There'd be times where I'd be like, you know what, I want to cast like five matches this week. Would it realistically be possible? And no, but I would try, you know, any way to try to make sure that would happen. So I would say, you know what, work hard, set goals that you know um, that maybe aren't broken, but you work hard enough to try to make sure that it's the case. And you just Mm -hmm. kind of keep 
keep working up. That's kind of like how it worked for me. I went from one tier to the next, casting online to land, and then from you know UMG to MLG, then CWL and stuff, and it kind of translated. So those are kind of like the little right. steps that I took. But uh, right, it's, it all requires that first step. It gets easier as time goes on, despite what mm -hmm. people like to think. So yeah, absolutely. And then just the second part of that, was there anything that you did you recommend people don't do or anything you didn't do that you recommend somebody does do? Um, anything I recommend people don't do. Um, <laughs> I think one thing that's kind of underappreciated is professional professionalism nowadays. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people right. are willing to kind of, you know, like I, I think there's a difference between having like a business type Twitter and then having like your personal Twitter. I try to act as mine as more business. Like I, like you're not going to see me right. tweeting out like, Hey, at the store, like, you know, or something random like that. Like that's not just the way that like I make my Twitter. I, I think professionalism, right. no matter what level you're on, people are going to recognize that and want to hire you. If you're interested in wanting to have a job or wanting to really kind of increase yourself, I think professionalism mm -hmm. goes a really long way. And that starts on social media, which is exactly where the call that you see happens to thrive is pretty much on Twitter. That's where everything happens. Everyone talks about things right. where shows like this are obviously even announced, like, you know, primarily. So mm -hmm. uh, I would say professionalism is something that I tried to accomplish super early on. You know, granted, it's not the easiest thing. You're never going to be perfect with it. But I think uh, that's something that everyone should try to strive for. Because I think that's that's something that a lot of people kind of overlook sometimes. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely a difference between uh, like the Call of Duty Ghost Maven to the Maven today. That's right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just a Things little, just a little bit of a changed. difference. Yeah, even to broadcast, <laughs> like you know how events are run. Like everything is professionalizing, and I know we'll be talking about franchising here in a little bit, but uh, I think that kind of is the the basis of why a lot of these things, why a lot of companies, casters, even you know, not necessarily Maven, but like a lot of people are trying to, you know, become more professional with a lot of different things, just because you got a lot of got a lot of big ballers coming into uh to esports with all the money that they want to invest and whatnot absolutely so. yeah no absolutely right, yeah. and i think it's obviously something that in general you know when you and again we will get into this obviously a little later on but um just looking around at other esports and things like that is this yeah that sense. so yeah moving on a little bit towards the end of the show we probably are going to do a bit more of a q a with you to get a bit more about uh, you yourself um, but of course in this past week we just had um, a pretty big event going on CWL London um, did you did you make it out there I didn't unfortunately oh. uh, I wanted to I but uh, was a little bit busy and stuff with work so I, I would have loved it, especially after hearing the, the the way that the crowd was acting for everything I I think I definitely would have thought twice if I got these uh, got the chance I probably would have would have done my best to make it out there those guys were for sure crazy so awesome well yeah so i mean obviously me and sam both from england but mm -hmm. both living in north america um so neither of us were out there either but honestly like yeah like you said the crowd was definitely a noticeable uh improvement yeah. from some of the last events for sure and and like it, it was just insane like there's i don't actually i haven't looked but if it hasn't already been made, somebody needs to make a highlight reel of just the crowd alone. That event. Just all the chants, right? Just crazy. like every little thing that they were throwing out there was was fantastic. Like exactly. My favorite was the, the fuck off Maven. It was so funny, and every time <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, like okay, I'll I'll leave. Bye." <laughs> oh he, man, he was such a good sport about it. He just took it all in his stride. It was so funny. I think you have to at that point. You're just like, all right, well, they're obviously they're not gonna like right. not, they're not gonna shut up, so might as well just try to be on their good side, I guess, at that point. So 
But I mean, like, if you're trying to, like, if you're sitting at your desk trying to work and then someone comes up to you and starts telling you to fuck off, like, it's going to throw you off your game. So, like, yeah. it must be, it must have been hard for him. But, um, yeah. So, looking at the, the pools, how they came out, was there anything that really stood out to you that was like, a, oh my God, this team did amazing, I expected them to suck? Or, oh my God, this team sucked, I expected them to do amazing? <laughs> um, I would say, in terms of like, major like one team that i thought that i was absolutely going to make it like no questions asked even despite like the meta and all those things i really thought that denial was going to make it out of pool or i'm sorry denial luminosity there we go that was mm -hmm. that was close yeah luminosity we're going to make it out of pool b it was looking at the wrong name uh i thought that you know even considering like the rampart and how that was kind of a big impact on the team i thought that they were at least going to yeah. make it which pool b was my pool of death i thought that was going to be the most hard yeah. pool to get out of no question about it um, but I was I would thought they would probably take down Jinji. I thought they would take down Denial. Uh, and I thought they'd have a close game with Splice yeah. for maybe that first or second seed. So like while prediction wise, yeah. my pool of death kind of worked out, I definitely didn't think that Luminosity would be on the other end of that. So yeah. um I'm I might be missing one. Like I thought reciprocity would also kind of make it a little bit farther um yeah, as well. Yeah, I can imagine and especially with the with the crowd on their side too, that would have been amazing if they could have made a run, you know, kind of give yeah. them a something to chew or to root on for but uh i would say lg for me was probably my first yeah I fair enough yeah I, yeah absolutely i i think um kind of going on to reciprocity a bit more that uh me and sam both have ties with tommy as well and and just looking at his twitter and everything he was super excited for that event really looking forward to it yeah. and definitely wanted to be playing a lot more in front of the crowd for sure and and so know that one Um, I, one thing to say about Rec, though, I feel like, first of all, they had no game fives, which at, um, Fort Worth, they, they just, I think every <laughs> match they was played a game five, right? was a game five, so, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, really, given how, where they placed, but, um, I do feel like teams at Fort Worth were kind of like, oh my god, this Sorg player in Dylan is just like up in your face constantly and he just doesn't die. Whereas now I feel like yeah. given that they've had more chance to scream and things like that, I feel like they're they're more like they, they know how to deal with it a little better. So they're not caught off guard quite as much. So I do think that might be why. And I was also a little bit worried to like invest a lot in reciprocity after like you talk about like with Fort Worth, just because you go to that many game fives, like one round or even like one game right. that just happens to not go that way. I mean, it's a totally different story. So that was one thing that I was a little bit worried with, Rhett, because yeah. like obviously super, you know, solid placement at Fort Worth. They looked like a pretty good team. Like I said, Dylan was going off, but it was it's just really hard to invest in a team that wins in game five. That there's not really a whole lot of consistency that you could look forward to and be like, oh yeah, like that team, th this is where they thrive. It's like, no, like they had a lot of close games. They closed them out, thankfully, in that situation mm -hmm. for most of them, but yeah, that was one thing that I was a little yeah. worried about. But I didn't think that they would see that. Like, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a drop-off, but... Uh, no, for sure. And, like, that was one of the things that we were kind of putting down to it as well is, you know, the fact that they were a bit of a newer team. This time, we were going to have a bit more practice and time to, to figure things out. So we were hoping for sure that they a little bit better than they did. And, again, especially uh, being their home turf, right? Yeah. Um, I was just looking back because, so... Um, I I personally attended uh, Gfinity Three, which was years ago now, back on Ghosts, and uh, it was actually played in well. And uh, Tommy was on Epsilon back then, and he finished in second place at that event. 
back then was Merck, name was mm-hmm. Jacob and Formal, uh, which was, that was crazy to, to be thinking about actually watching the other fact that Merck, who's there now casting the grand finals, last time I saw him was uh, winning the grand finals. But yeah, it just, I, I just remember like that hype train that um, Epsilon got after getting out of the group stages and everything else. Yeah. And just being on that home turf again was so helpful um yeah it didn't seem to not like that at all yeah it's pretty unfortunate i thought that you know they could they could have had like a really good chance because like everyone knows like those loser bracket runs and all those things like how you kind of gain yep. momentum yourself but from the crowd and, mm-hmm. and the way that they were cheering and how like those things like a lot of people try to act like momentum isn't a thing it's like no like obviously that, that plays a massive factor especially whenever you have a a crowd that's screaming behind you that wants to see you succeed and you know, and, and, and a lot of crowds, like at least from my experience at attending events, like you don't see too much booing, like unless something crazy happens, like no one really boos. Mm-hmm. London had no problem with that. Like they had no problem like booing people <laughs> off the stage. Like right. they were tearing into Luminosity, who unfortunately had like a bad publicity type weekend in terms of who they eliminated and how they were winning series versus mm-hmm. like phase, et cetera. So uh, I felt kind of bad for them. But at the same time, like London had no problem with like trying to mess with other teams. So, yeah, I mean, I, uh... I think Tommy's highlight of the weekend was when he was on stage yeah. and we got the uh, the LG chant, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's it was again. I think one of the biggest highlights for me, like I said before, was definitely the crowd there. Um, I, I think at this point we could just talk about the most of the yeah, right. night, but yeah. Um, moving forward, I, we also saw Team Envy and well, Team Envy and. This is both finishing third and fourth position in, in pool C there. Um, how did you feel about that? Did you expect Team Envy to be at the bottom of the their group? Um, in terms of like how that one went out, I thought that it was going to be a battle between FaZe and Envy for that spot. Um, I, I really didn't think EG was really going to stand too much of a chance. I just didn't think they had enough slime power to kind of deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. I liked FaZe's team. I wasn't like super convinced with them in terms of like how, like I liked all their roles and how everything was set up like after roster changes and stuff like that, how they were kind of added to the league. I, I liked the team. I just wasn't for sure in fruition on land, how quickly they've had to adjust for most things, how they were going to perform. I feel right. like Envy was a little bit of a better team off the rip. Um, so for that, to me, I would say like, I'm a little bit surprised, but not like ultimately. To see Envy, like technically by definition, like the last spot's a little bit surprising. It's based off one map. So they pretty much play the same way that EG did in groups. Right. So can't really say a whole lot about that. But uh, to see Envy kind of there's a little bit surprising. But uh, I know they, they turned up in the loser's bracket, which is kind of a, yeah. an, a decent indicator in terms of like slow start makes sense because they've never played on land before as a team. So they're kind of getting used mm-hmm. to the new roles, getting Pharaoh and Decimate acclimated and stuff like that. So um I, I was pleasantly surprised to see envy make as far of a run as they did um but uh, i gotta say I, I was nice it was nice to see phase kind of have an early start it was unfortunate the way it closed out obviously but uh right. i was a little bit surprised to see envy not get out of groups though yeah for sure and so actually touching a little on phase um obviously new roster and everything else i and, and i so i wanted to touch on this anyway but torch is actually just that yeah, as well. Um, so he wanted to know what our thoughts are about Celia. Um, and he said he has a ton, ton of potential, but I feel like it hasn't shown. It hasn't shown. So I, personally, I think Celia, yeah, definitely, he's an awesome player. There's no doubt about it. Definitely, definitely has. Mm-hmm. Um, 
whether he needed maybe a little bit more time um, before hopping into certainly a tournament like CWL London. Um, I don't know, but I mean, I, I think the the real test is going to be you know playing out these next couple of weeks uh, and everything. Just seeing a little bit more. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a little bit early to like say like, oh, Selim's inconsistent. Like, I, I know there's like one mm. event which is kind of an outlier, but like the only other event that he played at that's like action on an actual stage versus like top level competition was like what the qualifier, like Fort Worth, you can't really count. World Gaming, yeah. you can't really count either. I think those are the only other events that he's played in on land. Yeah. So I, I feel like he has like a, a really high skill ceiling. I, I remember casting over Selim in Infinite Warfare. And just like the way that his movement worked, like like all the things that he is really good at, I feel like can translate to other titles, which is really nice. Like there's some players who are just very, you know, I I don't I don't remember like the, the term I used to use, but they're like like kind of I call them like Treyarch minded, or like they're really good at like one specific right, yeah. game developer's title. And I feel like for him, a lot of the things that he kind of carries over can translate into other titles, like movement, big factor in almost every single game. It obviously it used mm -hmm. to be really big back in jetpacks more. More than less, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like Selim has a, has a really good chance to be a solid player. He's a faster AR, which happens to be a perfect uh, kind of role right now in terms of like how the Maddox plays. So I don't know. I feel like, you know, while he didn't have the greatest event in terms of London is considered, it's early, new team, new roles. You're trying to figure out right. stuff. Plus, you're playing alongside Scraps, who is one of the best Maddox players, probably a guy who's going to be taking a lot of kills. You're not used, you're not really familiar with a lot of your teammates. So I'm going to give him yeah. a little bit of a pass. It's a new location, new teammates. There's a lot of like little new factors there for him. I'm, I'm very interested, though, whoever uh, was going to bring that up. I am interested, though, to see him play in the Pro League. I think that inconsistency could be exactly. a thing, but mm -hmm. for the most part, I think it's a little bit too early to call like whether or not the inconsistencies are there uh, or what's really going to be the case. But uh, I think selling, though, is going to be a really important factor for FaZe. I think if he's not like playing up to the way that he was at least at times in the POQ, um, they're yeah. really going to need like that secondary, thirdary player alongside Scraps and whoever you want to throw in this second role, like Azuma or or Zero or even Asim from time to time. So um, I, th I think he could be a good player, though. But I think he's going to be a really big cornerstone to their success if if he can show right. up or not. Yeah, I, f I feel like the pro league you have such like this magnifying glass on you, and like everything you do is just amplified. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think he really needs to have a, a big whether it's week or two week i can't remember off the top of my head but you know just a, a really good kind of period of time to really yeah. shake off the, the dust a little bit i wouldn't say the dust i think that's a bad bad phrase but um you know what i mean kind of shake off the nerves i guess right um, yeah yeah and uh, really show the skill he has because he obviously does have the individual skill and uh just needs to needs to show it on the big stage yeah i know for sure and so like just to answer you um what you were kind of asking there so yeah it's it's next week that the um and phase are actually starting up versus you um monday they then play lg on tuesday um optical wednesday and pretty big week of play I think it's going to be a good game for them to start off versus UIU as well. That's going to be a decent right. matchup. Um, I'm not going to say anything exactly, but I've heard that UIU might be making uh, a change here soon. So I'm not oh, sure okay. like how that's going to be a factor. So um, they might be able to play off against a team who's maybe not as confident in themselves, kind of changing up a position may be interesting. So um, I think that'll be nice. Though. I think that'll be good for them to kind of get well acquainted 
get that first match out of the way and then kind of move forward right. with the pro league. But I feel like it's a good way to start off versus a team like, uh, you know, versus like that. So, but they're a good team. Like UIU is a great team. I think they're only going to improve. It's just, I think that'd be a good game for them to kind of start off with maybe someone who's on the same playing field rather than starting off versus, you know, like a hunter T would not be the greatest situation in the world. If they're trying to like get back on things. So. Yeah. No, for sure. And yeah, I just wanted to address as well the fact that you said about UIU's possible change. Definitely <laughs> no spoilers here. Nope. Hunter is in the chat. We love and, Hunter. Uh, we do love Hunter. Hunter was on the show, obviously, a, little, a couple of weeks back, and uh, he himself uh, almost let something slip. Oh, okay. <laughs> we won't get into okay. it. Okay. <laughs> We had a conversation with uh, with him about okay. that. Okay. Me and Hunter might be on the same yeah. frame of mind. I don't know. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> oh, no, this this change has already happened. Oh, now, okay. So. Okay. I got you. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the one thing that was not too surprising about that um, pool, United 2-1. Envy. Yep. Last 3-1 to Envy. Yeah, so I was not very surprising there. Uh, I think the biggest thing was obviously then going into the winner's bracket and getting three old by 100. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a big loss, that's for sure. But uh, I don't remember like all the map scores that happened with that. It's obviously a three. It was probably a closer three O than like what it maybe indicates. But uh, right, that's the thing that I'm I'm, I'm kind of worried about for a lot of teams. I know I know we'll obviously talk about like Hunter T's run that they they go on and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. it's just that's a, such a scary team. If they can beat you in a search and destroy or catch you off guard in that first hard point, there's a lot of teams who kind of rely on the S and D or that first hard point. It's kind of like one of the two. If they can take you out in one of those things, it's like obviously not the greatest team in search and destroy, but their respawns are just so, so good. If they can kind of get you in that sandwich of like not getting to a game five, they're usually in a really good spot. So I feel like United, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Like obviously Simp had a wonderful performance. Like we couldn't even, mm -hmm. I couldn't even put into words like some of the things that he was doing and how impressive it was for it to be his first major event to perform that way. Um, right. But I think that was a perfect pickup that they had. And debating on how much United can improve, I, I'm worried about like if that was their peak or if they have something else. I, I really think that that was their peak performance that they're going to have. Um, maybe not, and depending on how the roles are going to work. I know like Hunter T was pulling out like the quad AR setup. I'm not sure how United's particular players would roll with that kind of setup. Yeah, right. but um, it, I I will say I think United is still one player away. I think they're one player away from logistically being. Like okay. in the conversation of like, yeah, they could probably win. Like, and, and it just is a shame because of how close they've gotten in multiple tournaments. They've always like mm -hmm. last year, it was like the top six stigma. Like they just can't get past like the respawn teams. They can't get over that hump. And I feel like this year, yeah. you know, second, while it is unfortunate, like I think I saw a tweet from Clayster today. It's like every night he just dreams about winning a championship, what it's like to hold a title again. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that that's going to be a big driving factor for them. And being as close as they are, maybe that, you know, in this next roster change period that may come up, they might want to make that, you know, player for player, whoever it would be, I don't know. But, you know, yeah. and, and I think that they're really close. But I was really impressed, though, with, with the United this weekend. But uh, I know I kind of ran yeah, I mean, but You know, it's definitely, it definitely wasn't a bad run, even after dropping down into the loser's bracket. Obviously, still made it all the way to the grand final. final. Grand final. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, <laughs> the grand final. <laughs> yeah um so i mean obviously they made a pretty good run after that um to say the least but i mean just look at that's the thing like obviously you're possibly needing 
one more change uh, within that team problem i think at this point is who would it be because obviously you're busy and simp i mean at this point i feel like you can't even th like take these guys out of the roster yeah both right. performing very well um they're both putting up the doing the job that they're doing but then i mean Asses and Pristini pretty much come as a package at this point. And then obviously Clayster seems to be pretty much grandfathered into the roster. Yeah. So it, it kind of comes down to that point where it's where does the change come in? And like who would you think would be the best option for them to make a change with? Um so like for the for the names that you list, I think you have to keep um Artists on the team, just Mr. Consistent. I know he hasn't been playing as great as of recently, mm. but like Vegas, superstar performance, one of the biggest carries that we've seen in a very long time. You obviously have the, I forget what they're calling him, but like basically the, you know, Simp and Abizi combo. You can't really get rid of that either. So that's three out of the way. And then you have the, the Phenom, as I like to call him, Clayster. You know, he's the mm -hmm. brand behind everything. He's the vocal leader out of games. So I feel like that only does leave... Prestini, who I know is in a new role, I think he's a really talented player. But in terms of if they mm -hmm. were to make a change, I feel like unless he were to kind of turn things around, because there were some moments where I felt like the and, and throughout the cast, it was like, you know, Prestini is really performing. And I feel like on the other side, there were a lot of moments where I remember them hearing, wow, Prestini's off to a really slow start. He's just not there. And for him to kind of be right. more in that Maddox position, there's a lot of teams who are starting to, as of now, start to highlight those Maddox roles. And the thing right now with especially Hunter T who taught a lot of teams and this might change the meta up coming into the pro league mm -hmm. is that quad AR setup, that quad in terms of three Maddox is yeah. one ICR, you know, for United, they're really good at SMGs. They have a really good ICR right now in uh, Arsenies yeah. who could translate to a Maddox if needed, but you really need another super stable Maddox player. And I feel like as of right now, Prashini hasn't been Mr. Consistent, he hasn't been like right there because he's used to running like a super fast SMG. So I don't really blame him for not being able to translate. But uh, I feel like out of the situation that they're in right now, who do you get rid of? I feel like the only option is Prestini at this moment. But uh, whether or not they make a change, you know, it's obviously up to them. But I feel like if they were to, right. I feel like it has yeah. to be him. I don't think you could really logistically or reasonably get rid of anyone else. Yeah. And I mean, one other thing before we move on here is do you, can you see them like, um, I, I think depend I, I think with franchising next year, it's just like there's a lot, and whether or not pros realize this or not, there's just so much that is on the line next season. I would be you know, in their in their situation, I know obviously being brothers, like you have that brotherhood, you want to be with your teammate, you want to be with them. I feel like, you know, it, it comes to a point where it's like, hey, it's just the team just doesn't work without you. Like work with you. It's just like the way that we have our role set up, the way that we're working as a team, it's just like we have players who are in our position better or we have the opportunity to get someone who's better. So I feel like if they had to, they would. And I feel like a lot of that would come off of the fact knowing that franchising is next year, knowing how much money is on the line, how important it is to get off to a hot start. And the ability to try to lock down contracts are really important as well for a lot of teams. I know there's a lot of rumors with drafts and all kinds of stuff as well, but you know, yeah, being with like a stable up. organization with an actual contract is like super key. So um if i were to be one of them and say you know like hey man like you know we gotta let you go it would be like it has to happen like you don't really have a choice so right. um, i feel like they would though i feel like if they had to they would they obviously wouldn't doing it do it easily but uh i feel like if they yeah. had to they, they would probably try to how much how much weight would you put into um the new coach for Sento? so that's gonna help him i like Sento a lot i've i've liked mm -hmm. Sento. Probably, I forget like the first time I remember saying his name, but it's, it's been a while. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been a fan of his. I thought that he was a you know excellent professional player you know during his career, and uh, I always thought like the main reason why I liked Facento so much was his realness, like the way that like the reason why TR Team Revenge back in AW mm-hmm. got to champs in the first place. Yeah. They're all the whole thing they would talk about was Facento the leader, right? Facento is leading us. He's guiding us mm-hmm. into these games, and for him to be as young as he was, he just has that like that leadership mentality. And so I feel like for a team like E United. Getting a coach like that is going to be really important for them. I think a lot of teams are starting to realize, you know, with Crowder going to Hunter T, other teams picking up coaches, it's like, hey, like a coach is actually super important, especially for five personalities, a lot of them being new during roster change periods and stuff like that. A coach is, is massively important. So I think Vicento honestly is like the perfect kind of player to translate to a coaching role. Um, so I, I really do like him on the team a lot. I think he's going to provide a lot of great leadership. He's kind of been in the same situation. He's been in the COD Champs Grand Final, for God's sake, so he knows what it's mm-hmm. like to be on the main stage and to be at the biggest and the brightest stage. So I think he's going to be an excellent fit. I think that was a a huge and a really solid pickup for uh, for for United. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do, but I think Vicento is a uh, kind of a diamond in the rough in terms of, of a coach because I feel like throughout his entire playing career, he's always kind of been a player but also a coach at the same time. So Right. So he yeah, kind of has sure. that in-game leader kind of mentality. Exactly. Yeah. So, what were your opinions on Optic this uh, this event? They they uh, went three and zero in the pools. Uh, they dropped three maps across their three matches. Then they got all the way to was the winners finals. Yeah, winners finals. Yeah. And then they lost that control versus a hundred thieves and. I saw Krim even commented on it on, I believe it was on Reddit. He just said they completely just fell apart. Like Kenny flanked them. I think it was round four or five or whatever it was and killed two of them yeah. in the back and they just never regained after that. And So do you, do you think that this roster, it can stay together and just maybe shift a little more roles around? Do you think they just got unluck, unlucky timing or do you think maybe actual player change is needed? Um, I would say right now for OG, like, I would kind of stay put for now. I think you got mm-hmm. a really good group of players. Um, you know, for the most part, I, I really do think like there was a, like, it was obviously a big improvement from last event to this one. So that is nice. Right. But I think the issue that they're running into is that there's, you know, the new guy in town, like Hunter T are just like better at respawns than they are, mm-hmm. at least at the last few events. And even E United is better at respawns than they are at this tournament. So, and for them to be 3 0 by United and for Hunter T to not just 3 0 them in the league, but also to 3 1 them on land. Like, I mean, I know mm-hmm. that obviously OG had beat them earlier on in the tournament, but still, like when it mattered the most, it was just like they just weren't there. And whether that was you know, the lack of hard points, I think they went like 5 and 5 in a hard point or something like that. Just like not where I think that that lineup should be at. Um, right. yeah. I think a lot of teams have to realize, I think OG realizes this as well. Like, you can't be a search and destroy team anymore. Like, you, like, mm-hmm. logistically, you yeah. cannot rely on search and destroy practice because it's not there. You're pretty much putting all your faith in a game mode that you're not working on in the first place anyway. And when it comes to land, like, you know, there's gonna be a lot of different metas, how things work out. Everyone knows like pretty much every event is something new uh, for the most part. So I, I feel like for them, they need to work on the response a lot more, kind of get those under wraps. I think they played pretty well in control throughout the weekend. So that was nice for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the worry that comes through is that 100T is also really good at control. They're also really good at hard points. So it's like you right. b- almost have to be better than them at respawns and then try to edge them out in the search and destroy. So I feel like for OG, they they did make some improvements. I, I like the way the team looked, but my mm-hmm. worry is that they didn't really compare. Like they, they had some really good close series, ones that they shouldn't have lost, moments that you know maybe you could argue – 
uh, should have gone their way, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And it, w- it was very consistent in terms of who they lost to. I mean, it wasn't like they, they lost a game five round 11. It was just like a mental mistake or a moment where, you know, a player shouldn't like didn't check this point of view. So it wasn't as if it was like, you know, uh, a super, super close ending that they just couldn't control. It was like, no, you guys just mm-hmm. weren't prepared. You weren't ready for these games, however it may work, however you want to throw it out there. So it's, it's a little bit worrying for OG. Like I thought that they were really going to come out and actually like kind of not dominate, but you know, get to the grand final somewhat convincingly. And the fact that they didn't is kind of a, a step back moment, but I don't feel like it's, it's time yet to make a change. And honestly, I don't even know where you start in terms of changes right. with that team. No. Like yeah. anyone you throw out there, there's a huge argument as to why you shouldn't be doing that. So, um, well, and like, I think at this point as well, like the difference between them and, and maybe a hundred thieves is, the fact that obviously they do have uh, two younger players who are definitely a little bit more inexperienced, and uh, you know, I, I know like TJ for example has been around for a long time. He has completed before uh, we went into the, but, you know, um, he's been out of it for a couple of years as well, right? So, um, yeah, I, I just think that the the experience on the team versus what 100 views have and then also i think that you know crimin and skump they're obviously fantastic players uh well karma as well um but i think the the big difference with karma compared to crimin skump for example is karma tends to adapt pretty well meanwhile skump and, and crim seem pretty set in their ways and kind of adapt mm-hmm. a lot slower yeah yeah, I feel like yeah. it was almost like this, like the reason why they brought in the young players was that so that they could dominate and respawn, like Scum and Crimson. And it's not really yeah. happening that way. It's like almost no. like TJ Halley's having some really good moments. Dashie's obviously like, you know, one of the best players in the entire world, world in the entire world right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's not really panning out the way that they would have intended. It's kind of like they have to kind of also mend out a search and destroy, which wasn't their original intention. So and it's it's kind of like an odd working of players. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to like solve the issue that they currently have, but yeah. um, I feel like they have the ability to. It's just it's just a matter of you know certain things working out and, and whatnot. But uh, it's kind of hard to like you know give analysis on that. Like oh well you know it'll work out, but that's kind of yeah. like what you have to say at this point because you really don't know what their future could look like. And you know if they if they were to maybe fine tune things a little more, maybe they don't lose you know a lot of these series in three zero fashions. Maybe they do go down to a game five. So. Yeah. Okay, and so I'm um, just moving on to to pool D for a little bit here as well. Uh, we we kind of touched a bit a little bit when we're talking about Facento and and being in grand finals of our champs. What do you think to midnight? Besides, um, not really that surprised to be honest. Like I like this group no. for me it was somewhat clear cut. Like I wasn't really sure. Like how the elevate guys would do exactly. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a lot of expectations for men. I never really have, especially with, with the new team that they have, what they do currently, uh, you know, exist with. I know they have like a close series versus E United and losers. If I remember right, I think it went, did it go to game five? Yeah. Cause yeah, I think it went to game five with them. So that was yeah, like the only series where I was like, well, like maybe there's something here. Uh, but generally like I thought it was going to be UIU and heretics like every time, like I wasn't really thinking otherwise. Yeah. So that was, I was surprisingly nice to see heretics like actually have like a really solid performance in pools. Yeah. Uh, I know it maybe didn't go that same way versus everybody else, but in comparison to the teams that you could argue at times, you're kind of like bottom feeders of the pro league in terms of divisions. Mm-hmm. I thought they did perform well versus, uh, you know, versus a lot of them. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and so, yeah, I mean, coming out of pool play, um, uh... Midnight three one against the Nile. 
and then took it to game five against so yeah i mean if anything they did better after pool play than they did yeah. in pool play right. um but yeah and then going back to heretics as well i think that that was something that they definitely needed we were we kind of talked about it with Hunter actually, um about how they didn't show up the best at the last uh, LAN event um, at Fort Worth. Or I think it was nice and refreshing to see them, especially after the first stage Pro League, where you know, coming out hot, they were top division, I'm pretty sure, and, and mm-hmm. then um, going into Fort Worth, it just kind of popped. So yeah. going back into a, an event like this and seeing back on top, refreshing, and, and uh, hopefully... I personally would love to see them stay up there. Talking yeah. about com- completely flopping, can we talk about Splice for a second? Splice <laughs> absolutely one of my favorite teams to watch at the moment, or they were, I should say. And then they get 3 0 by Gen G. Um, yeah. They beat LG, which had a really bad tournament. They beat Denial, which is a team they should be beating. They go into yeah. pool play. They lose to Heretics. They lose to Envy. They won two maps across the three ma- the two matches, and then they're done. It they just they're a team that I would expect to be top three every single time. Especially you know they've shown that they can do it. But like I don't know what went wrong. I'm just really disappointed with their placement, as I'm sure they are as well. To be honest, it was like kind of consistent too. I mean, in terms of like the way that they lost, it was like it wasn't as if oh you know we got knocked out by. Hunter to you first round and then happened to lose to United. It was like, no, you lost to Heretics and you lost to Envy. Teams who don't get me wrong are good, but like not ones that you should be losing to. Like no. you were like in my in my opinion, like they were a team who I was like, okay, they are one hundred percent top three team coming into this mm-hmm. event. They despite yeah. the way that they perform in the pro league from time to time, you know, they were pretty much the most consistent team up to this point. Uh, you know, outside of LG, I guess you could argue like fourth and first. Um, but I mean, in terms of splice, like they've been kind of right there, like in second and third, like that spot, you know, Mm -hmm. has been kind of nice for them. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised as well. Like, you know, you know, pool play, you, whatever. But when it came down to like a loss versus heretics, I was like, you know, where, what's happening here? Um, so that was definitely one of my biggest surprises as well. Kind of going on what you were saying. I I really thought they were going to perform a lot better, you know, granted I'll give them pro league. We'll see how they play. And then we'll Mm -hmm. we'll maybe kind of discuss whether or not, you know, a change should be made, but um I, I think based on the way that they have played previously i'll give them that pass for now um but uh yeah it wouldn't surprise me though if changes could be in the in the process here so there's been a lot of rumors in terms of like them talking about should change be made yeah you know with with rosters and how that's all going to kind of pan out and stuff but it wouldn't surprise me if you know they have uh a surprising loss in pro league and they're like yep we're done because this team mm-hmm. is so like this that was the biggest word that i have with splice is that this team has such big personalities that i don't even think yeah. you know facento and crowder as coaches could even corral them like i, I really i legitimately <laughs> think that they have such big personalities it's so hard to deal with and that's the reason why i've had such a hard time predicting them high is that if they were to get knocked out by someone early and then go into to, to you know losers and how they would kind of mm-hmm. perform it's like they've been kind of riding that momentum train of just winning these series that i feel like now that they've lost and that they're kind of you know kind of reevaluating everything they just weren't prepared so um, right it was rather unfortunate so- but do you think that that's maybe one of the problems with both, uh, you know, LG and Spice is, um, you know, obviously they came out hot at Fort Worth first and second. Do you think it's maybe just a, a little bit too much? They, they came off a bit and they kind of sat back a bit and hyped up. 
expected, as you just mentioned, that there were going to be those top three teams and, and just not the way it turned out. Yeah. I, I would say, like, for Splice, like, I, I don't know if I would say, like, 100% complacency because, like, I think if they would have won first, you could argue that. But mm, right. I don't know. I, I wonder if it's just maybe, you know, feeling a little bit too confident, which I know I guess you could say is, is complacency. Like, I'm trying to phrase them, like, different ways. But um, I, I don't know. It's just, like, Splice and LG are two teams to me that, like, chemistry wise just don't make sense like i i don't like see of like i see veteran leaders in terms of like looney for example on splice but like in terms of lg mm -hmm. i just don't really get like that vibe and i think they need the same thing that 100t got refreshed with they got they brought in someone like priesta who was super mm -hmm. easy to work with you brought in crowder who could kind of corral the troops a lot of big egos coming in from years prior who really want to all perform on this team uh, but I feel like for Splice, it's like they're kind of past that now. I think LG, they have a lot of big personalities as well. So it's like kind of the same the same thing to a point. But I think with LG, I, to be honest, like, as much as I hate saying this, I think it's a matter of just not having the rampart. Like the way that they yeah. were dominating was mm -hmm. because of Classic and Slacked stepping up. Uh, we didn't really see a whole lot from John. Like I know Formal was playing, you know, pretty well, but he wasn't like up to the same standards that we would probably think that he would be. And Gunless was obviously just doing Gunless things, so that was something separate. Um, right. But uh, I, I really do. I think that the the issue really a lot with this team is that they just don't have like that SOG pressure. Like John hasn't been the same John that we've seen in prior yeah. Treyarch titles. Like John of Black Ops One, insane. Black Ops Two, mm -hmm. fantastic. Black Ops Three, probably best player in the game. Black Ops Four, yeah, probably not even a top ten SMG. Like not even a top ten SOG, which. For me, like yeah. coming onto this team, it was formal. It was gunless. It was John. And the fact that John isn't there is a little mm -hmm. bit worrying from time to time. And I know it's a SOG, but still, like a lot of teams are seeing success with SOG players. So I, I don't know how to yeah, make that no, argument. Absolutely. But I think that their biggest problem in terms of weapons, like we're relating back to that, was just not having the rampart, which is yeah. unfortunate. But I think that that really is the case for LG. So for sure. Awesome. And so then um, before moving on to Eve's here. Um, I just want to touch a little bit on, on UIU as well. Obviously, um, finishing second in the pools. Uh, pretty new roster as well. Picking up uh, royalty. And then and the, the bracket play not coming out too. What were your thoughts on that roster? Did you expect a little better from that? And what do you expect? Um, I would say like I would expect them to beat some of the teams that they were in the pools with. Like I know that they obviously come out and finish second, but I think that they they lost to Midnight. Mm -hmm. I want to say then they have probably lost to Heretic. So like Correct. those losses yeah. for me shouldn't be happening if they realistically want to be involved. Maybe even the top eight. Like I know they've been in the top twelve kind of more. So if they want to kind of move on to the next, you know, kind of array of teams i think that you they do need maybe a change up at this point um depending just because you have you know back-to-back -back placements um from what i heard when i got to talk with a few of the uiu guys they were really happy with royalty's performance i thought he was a really good addition to this team it's just a matter of kind of trying to find the pieces around him um but what my favorite thing about uiu is the ar setup that they have like that they, they're perfectly in place to do a lot of the things that some of the top teams are it's just a matter of getting those all to work together Maybe even that's when you talk about coaching staff and all those things start to maybe come into play a little bit more, uh, you know, for that group. But I think you have a really good Parzellian. You have a Mayhem, who I think is pretty good as well. Methods, you know, I, I haven't really got to see too much of him recently, but I think he was a really good player last year. Probably still has a lot of that skill, yeah. too. So mm -hmm. uh, I think they have, they're a really good lineup in terms of like their ARs, which is what you really want to have right now in, in Black Ops 4. So I feel like they have a, they have a good blueprint. They have a really good step moving forward. It's just a matter of executing it and putting around the pieces that can uh, kind of complement them. So. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. 
Then uh, moving on to 100 Thieves, I mean, I feel like, like like you said a couple of times, really, they're kind of changing the meta, really. Yeah. It, the f- 4 AR setup, and I mean, it kind of showed in their in their map count, they lost one series in pools, uh, that was to Optic, they lost two maps, two maps, let me see, two maps, three maps, four maps in bracket play. And I mean, I mean, it just kind of kind of shows that they're just clicking. That they're, they're un, I think undeniably the best team going into it. And I think Fort Worth was so like it was theirs. It was like in their hand, and it just like slipped through when um, Priester got sick. It was so yeah. disappointing to see that. And I think that might have been the only chance we had of seeing a team kind of repeat their being a repeat winner in this game because so far three different tournaments, three different winners, and. I think that trend is going to continue, but um, yeah. What are you, what are your general opinions on 100 Thieves? Oh man, I I, I like this team a lot. I really do. Like whenever the 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 core that was kind of announced at the beginning of the the title was was there, I was like, okay, I like these guys a lot. Like they like they're investing a lot in this particular group of players. Who much like how the original Optic team formed. Like it wasn't easy for these group of really talented players to all come together, but they made it work eventually. Like it wasn't going to be easy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like once they kind of got through that stage of just not, and the thing that I was, and I even mentioned this in a video that I uploaded today, but it was like all of these guys in terms of, of talking about Kenny Slasher and Octane, who were pretty much the highlighted three coming into this roster originally, mm-hmm. was that they were all really talented and they have a lot of ego with that. Like it just happens, right? Like whenever you have some yeah. accomplishments, it just happens. Like whenever you're on a team of this caliber, Kenny, who was an MVP, rookie of the year, multiple-time champion last year, Slasher, without question, one of the best ARs last year, Octane as well, super solid year, won Birmingham. I mean, Slasher even won a ton of, like, you know, a few events as well. But at yeah. the same yeah. time, they all had a chip on their shoulder. So it was like Octane yeah. joined OG. Obviously, the Dynasty pretty much, he was a replacement, total failure, mm-hmm. top 24 at champs. Uh, yeah. Slasher top 16 at champs, which that was a team who was super favored to probably win the entire thing. And his arch nemesis, Aches, likes to gloat about it on Twitter. <laughs> he ends up winning it all. And then Kenny lost in the COD Champs Grand Final versus a team that he could have beat, and that would have probably been one of the best years that any pro player would have ever had in his rookie year, winning multiple events, being the MVP, being the rookie of the year, and winning a ring at the same time would have really cemented yeah. it. So I feel like a lot of these guys, right. they had... A lot of ego. They had, a, you know, they had to get that checked, and I think that was really added with Priest and Crowder being brought to the team. Priest and low maintenance can run anything. Enable, or excuse me, not enable, but Crowder joining the team as the coach, I think, was the perfect voice because I think a lot of teams don't really realize this. Like whenever you have a team, it's really without a coach. It's super hard, especially if you recently formed, to tr- to take constructive criticism by people who are also at the same time kind of your competition. Like whenever you join it, like yeah. like in these groups, like Octane and Slasher, ARs, best ARs last five years probably, the last four or five titles. I mean, like great, we're on the same team, but by the way, I'm better than you. Like, it's probably what, that's the mentality that you have to have. Like the reason why they've gotten to that point is because they feel like they're better than every other AR on the game. And so when you're together and you're taking constructive criticism from each other, it's like, you know, this guy has no right to tell me what to do. Like, I'm way better than him. Like, I won a title last year. Slasher, right. I've won a ring before. Octane, I don't think that you got even, got even close. Like, you know, he's had that that mentality. And so I feel like having someone like Crowder from an outside point of view who's not going to play favorites was crucial. Adding someone like Priesta who's low maintenance, mm-hmm. not going to argue. Like, you're not adding an extra, you know, big piece in there. 
uh, our big yeah. personality was really nice as well. And I think the most, the scariest thing about 100T as of this moment is that I honestly think that they can be better than this last tournament. I think they can improve at Search and Destroy. I think their response can stay consistent. I think they have a really good group of minds. And they also, for future, um, you know, role changes that could come about. I know that they kind of rocked the, the, the quad air that I was talking about and that uh, JP from Constance is bringing up as well. Um, they can translate. It's like Slasher has mm -hmm. used a main AR in his yeah. past. Octane and especially Black Ops 3, whenever the Band of Protect was out, he used every AR in the game and yeah. made it work. Like the Man of War, I think it was yeah. the ICR was in that game as well. And then like, you know, the regular weapons, I mean, he was using everything. Priest, that yeah. most versatile player of last year, probably one of the best flex players, also happens to be having, has run every single gun in this game. Kenny has used the SOG. He's run the Maddox. So I feel like for, for all of these guys, the scariest thing is that they can adapt they can kind of mend into different things, and they also are only getting better as time goes on. So uh, to kind oh, of put it lightly, sure. I, I'm a big fan of Hunter T right now. And, oh, uh, and much like yourself, I also own a Hunter T jersey that happens to be in my closet. So <laughs> I think I need, Actually, I need to get on the bandwagon, I guess. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it's the same one that I got. <laughs> I wish it was signed by players, though. That'd be pretty cool. True, that would true. Be very nice. That would yeah. be very nice. All right, so bear with me on this. There, there is a question coming. So we go from 100 Thieves, we got Drake and uh, the other person, I can't remember who invested recently. Um, they, you know, they got a, a lot, they got a lot of money kind of floating around with various things they've got going on. We see franchising coming. What, what do you, did you see the leaks that kind of happened yeah. this past week? Do I've been catching them. I, there's been like so many, I thought there's one every day. I'm not sure if I'm like fully up to date, but. Yeah, I actually uh, just subscribed to notifications on Reddit of the <laughs> Cogburn or something. Right. But um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I, 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 did you ever hear about um, Bob, the, the thing with Barbara Streisand's house? This was a yes. thing. Like, it's crazy. For anybody that doesn't know, basically, um, some paparazzi took pictures of her house and put it online. She sued them to get the pictures taken down, which then brought more attention to it which then made everybody know what her house looked like and where it is, right. which I think yeah. I, I, is similar to what Activ Activision has done. They took down these posts, and now everybody is jumping on them. Everybody right. wants yeah. to know what's going on. Whereas if they just left it, it would have been, oh, it's, this is bullshit. Like nobody, <laughs> This is yeah. just a, another stupid rumor. There's no way this is true, but now everybody... It's kind of similar to the, the whole 5v5 speculation, right? Like how that came out pretty early on, right. and then... Even organizations were still like, um, yeah, is it gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, it's it's for sure. The, the way they handled it was probably not the best. Yeah. So, what if we if the CWL franchise league ends up looking like the Overwatch league in the terms of there's no brands per se. It's not optic. It's not. Um, I, don't know, I can't think of another thing like not it's not Gen G, it's Houston Outlaws, it's um Soul Dynasty, things like that. Do you think that this is the the right way to go? I say the right way, but do you think that's the best thing they could be doing? Or do you think the what the rumors are will work out better in the long run? See, like for me, um I this is just a personal opinion. I have you know I'm just following along with everybody else in terms of like hearing leaks right, and stuff like right. that. I I I, I really do think, and as soon as I heard anything with the Overwatch League, I immediately thought this, and so I'm so I'm kind of glad that my prediction is still alive. Um, I thought yeah. that they were going to change the team names. 
Mm -hmm. I didn't think we were going to see Optic. I didn't think we were going to see Envy. I thought it would have been a good idea originally. Um, and I didn't think that we were going to see, you know, the, the Dallas feel of the Houston Outlaws, just to use, you know, those two as an example, either. I thought right. that they were going to try to follow this same kind of franchise model, the way that other ease or rather other sports work in terms of like having multiple brands for different mm -hmm. games. So it's like, you know, you have the Dallas, this, you have the Dallas, that, you know, et cetera, et cetera, different team names, more branding, more money opportunities. And I feel like that's kind of right. the goal. I think a lot of people want to see, you know, the Dallas feel back or they want to see, you know, whatever it may be. And I feel like what Activision Blizzard is doing um, may not seem from an esports point of view, normal. It may not seem like it makes sense, but from mm -hmm. a, money standpoint it does make sense in terms of like how the, okay. they are like how these organizations are going to make money mm -hmm. and how the league is going to make money which is pretty much not like what everyone should be excited about but like as a cod viewer you don't have to always be worried about viewership like as long as the game is making money as long as viewership isn't always there but in terms of like the viewerships are interactive they're making money off of that viewership which is different than actual viewership i think that's kind of a win um so originally i wasn't like a huge fan of like the the leaks that were suggesting these things but i always kind of thought it was going to be that way i don't think that you know teams like optic gaming or team envy will you know continue in cod unfortunately but mm -hmm. at the same time it could be good because i think that call of duty has a huge opportunity when it comes to franchising in terms of you know it's easiness to understand its ability for you know someone i've always kind of used this example you know if dad was to walk in the living room is he gonna you know is he gonna change the channel if he sees call of duty on well what's what's gonna make him stay familiarity well what's gonna bring him in familiarity well he's gonna understand the terms it's not super hard to understand like if i were I, I don't even understand league of legends like as an esports like personality or however you want to label it, like i've been watching league of legends for a long time i went to an event recently that happened in st louis no clue what's happening whatsoever <laughs> i think i need to like take a college course in terms of to learn like what all of these things mean so i feel right. like yeah. you know it, like some esports are very hard to like understand like you almost have to like learn super in depth Call of Duty, which has been plagued on its ability to to be so easy and how you know it's it's uh it's a simple esport. Well, in franchising, it's not a bad idea. Like basketball, football, yeah. not really that difficult to learn. So I feel like with, with Call of Duty's point of view, I think it has a really big chance. And so I think I'm willing to kind of take those sacrifices of losing brand names like this, at least in my okay. opinion, and put those to the side and say, you know what? Like I kind of get what they're trying to do. I think mm -hmm. that Call of Duty has like its next. But the way that it can kind of be brought to the next step, if and that's mm. what everyone wants, like everyone wants to see Call of Duty succeed, that next step requires these team changes, these these team change, or the, rather the um, the organization name changeups, in order right. for a new fan base to also get brought in and to want to invest in the same thing that we all have, you know, previously. So, right, um, I'm not the biggest fan, but at the same time, it's kind of nice to get a little bit of a refresher. Don't get me wrong, I, I'm not looking forward to calling you know optic and or envy something else than their original names yeah. but i think it's something that's necessary even though it's it's not the easiest so and it, yeah i mean you know like you said it's there's obviously a lot of pros to it um and i think for for a lot of teams it wouldn't even be that big of a deal mm -hmm. but i think to people like optic and and hundred thieves for example um probably even phase yeah. who obviously have really not just established themselves in the esports world but like they, they've really branched out and, and made like optic gaming is just a, a name that a lot of people know about right now. even um you know people i talk to about um esports who i'm trying to you know i get super passionate they have no idea 
about, but then I might mention Optic, and then they, they know at least about that name. Right. right? And obviously, 100 Thieves who have been going down the whole um, streetwear and everything else, again, really putting out. And I think, yeah. Um, you know, people like Need and X, and, and I'm sure, you know, Astro is very passionate about Team Envy and it being the name right. of what they have, but I think people like making Optic and Thieves established name, not just the sports team, it's going to hurt them more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, like with, you know, organizations especially that aren't already in the overwatch league like optic for example they already kind of have like a split brand um but like phase and hunter t they're not in any other i mean outside of okay i'll say this phase is not in any other franchise league hunter Mm -hmm. t is technically obviously in league of legends so they haven't had like that brand change up but these organizations that aren't involved with overwatch i think like you were mentioning it's going to be big for them because they haven't had that happen yet. They haven't had to change up their brand. Like Hunter T is fresh, right? I mean, it literally was by definition established in Black Ops 3, but more recently, it's like the last year and a half, really, it's like been more in the spotlight. So I I totally agree. I think it's going to be difficult for them to adjust. Um, There's been a lot of rumors saying that they aren't interested, which don't know if I agree with that. But um, in terms of most things, I think it is going to, be a unnecessary or rather a necessary evil for them mm-hmm. to kind of make it to the next stages but uh yeah that's it's yeah. unfortunate right the brand recognition that these organizations have worked on for so long right at the same time kind of has to be put to the side and you have to hope that the fans that you worked on trying to acquire for you know in some of these organizations cases like you know decades uh mm-hmm. carries yeah. over and is willing to, to follow you in that, that next journey the next path essentially so i think yeah, absolutely if you look at the franchise, the really established franchise leagues, you have the Overwatch and you have the LCS. Um, like one has branding, the other one has like a separate branding. So there's really there's, there is no correct formula, right? Sure. Like there is no there's no right way to do it. It's this is still like unknown territory that we're stepping into, and both the Overwatch League and the LCS have seen success in their own ways. So it really. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting year next year. Just mm-hmm. seeing the way everything yeah. unfolds, especially things like a draft, which um, has been rumored. I really don't like the idea of that personally, but we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes. What are your opinions on the draft in general? Not a fan. Not a fan at all. <laughs> I, I I don't want to even try to get in that territory. Like a draft in terms of like the fantasy draft like you know putting everyone in free agency yeah. and it's like okay first pick like whoever you know i'm not a fan right. of that whatsoever i think uh right. you know this isn't a difficult stage for anybody like i know like we're all trying to get to franchising and it's mm-hmm. a it's a scary territory for a lot of teams it's a lot of, it's a lot of scary territory for people who are investing their money because the the thing is, is that we we don't know what it's like to see a franchise esport go down like we've only seen it yeah. go up so it's like we don't know what that downside looks like you know how that return on money you know, yeah. is Overwatch gonna last six more years? Like, are they gonna get that full right. back? Like, we don't, we don't know, and we hopefully aren't going to find out, but probably will eventually with some games. So, I feel like the yeah. the step that a lot of these organizations are taking to get into franchising, it's like you can't just be like, okay, yeah. So all the all the work that you guys have been putting in, like you know, Scum of Crimson, I realize you guys have been in this organization since uh, okay, a long time. Doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> uh, I I don't think that's going to work. And also, you know, for a lot yeah. of organizations that don't make it in. You know, they might want to sell their players. Like maybe they they hold off, wait till the draft ends, 
mm-hmm. and then they sell their players because they're not going to make any money off being like, oh yeah, you guys are released, no problem. Like, so I think there's going to be a lot of contract exactly. problems that are going to be the case mm-hmm. uh, that could be involved. Like I said, like for example, and I've always been kind of worried about this. Like United, for example, really talented mm-hmm. team. They're not involved in any other. I feel like everyone's been talking about Phase and Hunter T and and OG, but yeah. like one team that's just kind of off to the side there's E United, also not involved in any any other franchise esports. Mm-hmm. I know that as of this moment. Uh, they don't have as much money in terms of like, you know, a TSM or a Cloud9 or an OG and Envy, et cetera, have. Um, right. yeah. So if that team, for example, wanted to make a payday, let's hold on to Simp. Let's make sure he doesn't go in the first round and we lose money. Let's hold on to his contract and then sell him afterwards. So it's like, I don't yeah. know if the draft would necessarily work. I'm worried about contracts. I'm worried about the organizations who have worked for all mm-hmm. of this time to be brought back to that stage one period because I just don't think that that's fair. Um, I get their point of view, and I understand when it kind of came through with the Overwatch League. I get it when it came down to the NBA 2K League um, mm, yeah. because there wasn't really a whole lot there. Like, I, I attended one of the Overwatch League tournaments that was in Las Vegas that was alongside a Call of Duty tournament. There was a little bit of a scene, so I kind of get it from their point of view, but this is a decade. Like, this is a decade of esports, of competition, of players going to different organizations and signing right. and doing all of these things. So, um, yeah. and with the future of what franchising wants to accomplish, which is to have these you know, locations like where you have home games and away games. Mm-hmm. I don't think Crim6 wants to move to France and start all over again and be with a whole new <laughs> staff and player base that has right. no idea what they're doing for the first few years. I think he would retire before that. I think a lot of players would retire before they would even want to be in the mix of possibly joining other orgs. Mm-hmm. So just like all yeah. those worries and all those things that kind of get thrown around just totally turned me off to, to, to the draft. I think the draft would be a super awesome, like, you know, idea. I think it sounds great and uh you know uh like your thought process but in actuality i, I just don't think it has a place especially for so, any sport that that's, that's existed this long what about this so um this is something that i've again anytime that we've spoken about franchising pretty often um what about if so similar to league of legends have um a an amateur academy team, sorry um what if the academy team that would work? So like draft in terms of like just and players like drafted solely to the development so, or whatever your academy teams that you're saying or Yeah, so I mean I, I guess so if you know Optic sign they they know that it's gonna be franchising, we know how it work. Now we bring in whichever five players be say it's the same now and then every other team does the same thing or six players i guess um every other team does the same but then um we also have our academy league that's good well where similar to kind of like league of legends where you have to have an academy and they're going to be speaking that way right okay i see what you mean so then each organization has the academy from right yeah so i think in in that example it it would make sense like i think the how the nba or the nfl works or even the mlb which i know they draft even sometimes from uh you know minor leagues but you know primarily speaking like college terms like collegiate level um and then in this instance would be semi-professionals i think that would make sense i i would like that a lot that's one thing that i think you know we have to be careful sometimes with the term draft because draft can mean a lot of different things in that case i would love a draft but in terms of like the fantasy draft thing it just wouldn't but I think that would be great. I, that'd be something that I'd be a lot of, uh, be a really big fan of. And for someone who has cast over the amateur scene and 
especially last year, I got a really big chance to cast over like 30 or 40 different AM tournaments for guys like Brack and Simp and all these guys who are now kind of yeah. making the come up this year. I know that there's a lot of talent out there that's just as good as they are. Like there was a lot of players yeah. who I who I know who are starting to kind of get involved, you know, in some organizations starting to even go to some land tournaments who were competing against them and playing just as well as they were. So um, yeah. I think that would also provide some stability for the AM circuit. Like the one thing the AM circuit wants to work toward is for players to actually get on a real organization. So it's like if you have, you know, this very amateur circuit type level, what's one thing they can look forward to besides some cash, which isn't always guaranteed? Well, you have the opportunity to possibly get drafted and then go on an exactly. organization and get a salary. So I love that idea. I think that would be right. that I'd be super a part of. I would love to even, you know, watch those things, even cast. I think that'd be lovely. Um, yeah. but uh, I think that'd be something that we that we need and also it's nice because it provides a factor for players to keep playing and to give them incentive, if, even if they're not in the pro league, to actually do something. Because it's one thing that's really yeah. hindered quality for the past few years. It's like, if you're not in pro league, well, nothing else to do. Like, you know, just play in online yeah. tournaments. That's really all you have to do. And so I feel like yeah, with that, it would help. And, and also, it drives players. So, I mean, like, look at Parasite for the Yeah, uh, because he didn't make league and but for a lot of players, that's basically it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the year is over for them. Unless you get lucky and you do manage to find yourself on, but pretty disheartening. Right? Yeah. So having that mm -hmm. kind of second chance, um, having something positive. So, so would you say that um, having somewhat of a similar setup to CS, uh, where we have, obviously, and then we... I think so. Yeah, I think that would be something that I would be a huge fan of. And I think, especially with Call of Duty, which is kind of unique in this instance, having, I forget the exact percentage, but it was like 30-something percent of rookie players entering into the CWL who have never played in CWL, or rather mm -hmm. probably before. Like, clearly there's something there. Like, clearly we're having, you know, some players who are making strides at the entire Midnight roster. Like, you know, for example, like, yeah. never played... Any of them, except for Llama God, who I think played in like the first ever, regardless, yeah. like pretty much the entire team has never played in the CWL uh, ever before. And so I think with that being the case, and even internationally wise, uh, I think that would be a, a great opportunity. That'd be something that I would love to see because I think the amateur scene has a lot there with it. There's a lot of aspiring players who could, like you said, start to kind of make something out of it. So uh, I'd be a, a huge fan of that draft system. I'd be a huge fan of the, like you mentioned, like League of Legends and Overwatch has contenders and all those things. I think that would work out really well. Yeah. So the the yeah the rumor that I read though is very different to what we were just talking about. The rumor that mm -hmm. I read is that each team will run an individual tournament every. I, I don't remember the exact period of time, but let, let's say every two months or so. It can be either online or online, and then the, each individual team has to fund that the winner of that tournament to get to the next CWL event. Which okay. take take it with a pinch of salt because you know it is is a leak, it's a rumor at this point. But that that's it's a very weird way of doing it. Yes, <laughs> very like strange. I, there wouldn't be. I don't even think I quite understand. But yeah, I think that's that's like, league. Yeah, I think that's like Activision. Maybe them trying to like get these organizations involved with their local community. I think that's yes. that's like the aim for it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, 100%. I, I wonder if like 
I mean, is it regional based? Like, is it like you have to live in Texas, for example, to qualify for Dallas's spot? That's I'd be my next question. It's like, depending on the weekend, like, you know, if, if I were a player, the way that this will work is like, hey, let's go to the easiest one. Like, let's go, let's, right. you know, go to the super, some super really small, you know, one of these franchise events that we know a whole lot of teams aren't willing to travel to and, and just dominate that one and just win it. So I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's interesting. I hope that's not like, they're playing and that's it. <laughs> I hope that's just something extra maybe to go on top with it rather right. than like they're playing for, for semi pros, but, um, or yeah. amateurs, whatever you really want to call them, but that's interesting. Let me, right. Let me read you this a second. It says each CDL team that might be a typo. It might mean CWL will host city circuit events in their local markets. The league may provide the opportunity for winners of these events to compete on behalf of the teams. HMA. I'm not sure what that means as part of the league wide city circuit at a league tentpole event. So I took that as like meaning the tentpole event, meaning like the next CWL event. So there's going to be, there'll be like a, a an amateur or a B bracket, I guess. Hmm. I did just post the, the link in the Twitch chat for, to the post. Yeah, I'm just reading it here. Yeah. And well, so that it's saying, it is saying city wide as well. Right. So yeah. But then you have to, yeah, think, it's, it's certainly interesting. You have to think that, it couldn't be Texas. It couldn't be statewide because if there's a Texas, there's a, there's a Dallas, excuse me, and a Houston, then yeah, how would that yeah, work? That's true, right? Hmm. Like I wonder. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of I questions. Have so many questions to go along with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's another one that's. Uh, it's one of those things that is probably going to go down for a while, and things are coming. Build off of it, right? I mean, it, it is all speculation, but um, yeah, it, no, absolutely. It is very interesting to see. It's so, so it can be such a weird way of doing it. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, so I was just about to ask. So, how how big of a fan are you, Lando, of? Uh, of these open events that we've been um like in terms of like separating like open bracket compared to like you know yeah exactly yeah um i i I get it it's like i don't know i'm kind of indifferent about it because to me it's like i don't know like there's a side of me that's like i kind of like the ability for amateur teams to have a chance because we have sometimes seen amateur teams like kind of perform and really kind of light things up uh, and then there's the other side of me where it's like, you know what? It's just kind of nice just to have the top 16 teams kind of be consistent. You get pull play done in one day from like a scheduling point of view. Like MLG, this is probably like amazing for them. Like coming from someone who has like helped run events and like help schedule things sometimes, it's like that can be such a nightmare. And for that to kind of be all taken care of is like the nicest thing in the world. So um, yeah. it's, I kind of been different about it. Like I, I kind of wish the that the open bracket was still kind of involved to kind of get that grassroots type feel to give each amateur mm-hmm. team that goes to the tournament, the chance to be in pool play. But at the same time, I know that the strain that it kind of puts on scheduling and, and the difference, and I think it's nice to award amateur players. I just think that the, the biggest issue that Colby's kind of run into this year is that they're pretty much trying to be a franchise system without it being franchising. So a lot of these amateur right. players like Simp, for example, FC black, I mean, that's a, that's a team that's talented enough to probably get into pools. At, I mean, if you talk about open bracket stuff, so I don't know. Yeah, it's um, I'm I'm kind of indifferent about it. I, I wish both perspectives could be accomplished, but I do get the point of view. I, I just think that 
what they try to do this year with separating the open bracket into a separate you know tournament uh something they tried to accomplish in the past even with like umg south carolina they tried to do the exact same thing when esl was kind of in charge and whatnot so Mm -hmm. i don't know it's odd but i I get it i understand it when we uh i believe this was when we were talking to hunter as well um i had an idea of so basically for for when have you um you know we keep the pro league obviously separate as it is already um but then when it comes to these open brackets academy is we so similar to how it's been in in previous years where like you just mentioned open bracket plays through and then top tier teams then move into uh playing against so what would you think to having similar to that uh, we have an open bracket but instead of playing into obviously pro league teams they play into the academy team and i have like delegation see so it's just saying like basically like these open events would almost be academy teams that can make it into pools so so no 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 so the academy team is is basically replacing what in previous years has been the pro teams oh I, okay so they they have their own tournament they're playing the pools straight up that but then the open bracket the top tier teams that through a certain point the top four teams i guess it would move then into pool play of with the uh with the academy team oh, that okay, way even these smaller teams and a chance to play against these at least bigger names at some point bigger teams that obviously established some kind of ties to so the only thing that i could counter that with would be let's say envy is in are can their academy team also be like could they play against each other in this instance no so so the 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 cwl bracket would be completely separate from the am yes. slash i apologize okay yeah okay i, I have I started to fall okay i see yeah so okay. the, uh, the completely open bracket would lead into the pools which would have the b teams in but the pools that the a teams were in would be completely separate oh okay probably, right i, I see what you mean so like open bracket can be in, in okay i see yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know. I think yeah. that would be something to, to venture into. I apologize for not understanding. I was like no, trying to follow it, no, and no I was like, <laughs> I, I get distracted easily. So, um, but yeah. First time he explained it to me, I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah, like, yeah the open bracket sure feeds into it. the academy teams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then, exactly. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I think that'd be something interesting to, to kind of figure out. My only worry would be like from Activision's point of view, would they get viewership in order to justify that? being something because you know but they might you know i I don't know for you know from their point of view but i in actuality like from a competitive standpoint i think that would be awesome Mm -hmm. from like a business standpoint i don't know if they would be down with it but um you know yeah and and that was the only thing Mm -hmm. for sure like i think something um and and that's why i was saying like i think it would have been better obviously in these years especially when we had being in same weekend things more the way too because that way we could have you know especially in these past couple of years, everything has just been well obviously we did um just open up some, um event, but obviously in the likes of like mg and g 
all of these guys have been kind of shut out as well, right? Mm -hmm. So it would have been a lot nice to kind of be like, okay, well, seeing as we can't give you guys the CPL Pro League events, have these events where we're still going to have top players and the amateur. Right. Again, all speculation. Right. So. I think that's a good idea, though. I, I, I'd find it interesting. Yeah. I'd watch it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't really mean a whole lot, but at least you have you know one guaranteed viewer, so there's that. That's true. That's very true. Oh, sure. So one of the last things that was mentioned in the leaks that we got this past week was uh, a moving to PC. Something that I, I, I personally much prefer PC gaming than console. Just I really... I'm the same way, yeah. Yeah. Just the, the graphics, it's so uncapped. And, but I also prefer a controller than a keyboard and mouse. So I, I would be very curious to see, would a bunch of the players just be like, nah, screw this, I'm just going to retire? Or would they try and transition into playing PC but using a controller, which was actually one of the things that I read is a possibility, supposedly. So what what are your thoughts on that in general? How do you think the, the general player base would react? Um. To be honest, I don't know how they would react at first. I think, mm -hmm. you know, either I think it would be one of two ways. Either they would totally not be down for that and then have to get used to it anyway, mm -hmm. or they would actually be really interested in it and then maybe it doesn't turn out the way that it's supposed to be. Um, from Activision's point of view, this is you know primarily a console game and it's not like. Pretty much like consoles preferred first over PC. So in terms of like patches, right. the way yeah. that League plays kind of brought up, like I played, you know, PC Black Ops Four, and there's just no one on it anymore. Like it's just mm -hmm. not there. Um, so yeah. my worry would be like, because they want the experience of the fan who watches these to be the same as the way the players are kind of experiencing these things. Same with the Overwatch League works and how that kind of all comes into play. So I would say if Activision's plan is in the future to want to have a much more PC audience, which probably is not a bad idea, uh, considering the way that you know consoles are kind of falling behind more and more each year, and you know the, obviously you know have the ability to upgrade parts anytime you want to for PCs. I mean, there are computers like my computer is probably three years old and it can barely handle streaming and playing Fortnite at the same time. Uh, so right. like, you know, obviously there's like upgrades that you can make. So I, I don't know. I feel like from Activision standpoint, if they want to try to push PC in the future, I get that. But at the same time, you know, trying to sell to an audience which has primarily been on console in the past, mm -hmm. are they trying to change their market? Are they trying to keep it the same? I think that would really kind of weigh in a lot in terms of whether or not they would make this change. But from the point of view of like getting consistent frame rate, getting things that aren't as crazy in terms of lag, like on certain consoles, because that's right. absolutely a thing. Like that, that yeah. happens. Like I know players are like, oh, this side of the stage. Like as much as that is unfortunately, sometimes that, that does happen. I'm not saying it, it did happen at G, or not Gfinity, but it happened at CW London. Mm -hmm. But that is yeah. the case. Like, you know, just consoles aren't perfect. They're all like, they're not the same, you know, kind of systems. They're not as reliable as PCs are. So. Uh, I wouldn't be super opposed to it. I'd be interested in checking it out, but from Activision's mm -hmm. point of view, and I think I've I've heard those leaks in the past as well. I think that they would have to handle that very carefully. Uh, but I know that other console esports. I think that is the, I think the 2K league might even play on PCs. Are they right? They might not. I, I remember hearing sure. that they were thinking about it. I'm not sure if they actually do, but um, you know, but it, it makes sense. Think, I, I get that. Right. You think that maybe if that is something they want to do, they maybe need to do something. To in terms of 
either cross-platform or, or even as Sam just having some more adaptability to being able to plug your controller in mm -hmm. and it's the same. I think that would be the next step for sure. I think, you know, with what Fortnite's done, as much as people want to try to critique it and say, oh, you know, it's this or it's that, it's, you know, whatever. I think they've done some, you know, incredible things in terms of, you know, having that cross-platform ability, you know, and stuff. So I think that would be the naturally the next step. I think that would be a really nice transition that they could do if they really wanted to have players, you know, from a competitive standpoint, play on PC, but with a controller. I think that would be the next mm -hmm. step. Um, I think the one thing that holds a lot of people back, the one thing that's kind of held me back um, you know, at least in my prior history, was the reason why I, I've always played on PlayStation. Like, I, I, I tried playing on Xbox, just didn't work. The reason why I started on PlayStation was my, that's where my friends were. That's where the, we were kind of right. all playing yeah. together. And so um, I think that'd be interesting, though. I, I would I would find that um, to be something to look at in the future. But um, my only worry is that if they were to host future online, or rather, uh, LAN events, are you also allowed to use, you know, can you have someone who's on PC versus console? We all know who's going to win that fight. It's probably going to be the PC player. Right, so right. in terms of like hosting on our major online, or I keep saying online, major LAN events in the future are open. That's the word I was looking for. That's a lot of PCs. That's a lot of setups that mm -hmm. you have to have. And that's a lot of money that's also going to be coming yeah. through from that. Activision has a lot of money. They could probably afford it, but would it, right. you know, logistically make sense? Um, I think that'd be the perfect world scenario, but mm. in actuality, I don't know how you can say, you know, for example, yeah, you can play on Xbox, you can play on, on PS4, and then also we talked about Call of Duty has the rights with PlayStation. Are they willing to mend that too? So, right. um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of hurdles, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it, and I don't think the players would be either if it worked out in their favor to get yeah. something that's more consistent and that's more competitive. So, yeah, for sure. I think that's kind of what it boils down to just the, mm -hmm. um, competitive advantage kind of being taken away there's no right the ethernet i remember hearing a thing about the color of the ethernet cable decides yep. it's gonna win like that's so ridiculous <laughs> like 2019 like this that should not be the case mm -hmm. yeah, right. consoles are consoles are weird man i tell you what they're uh they're interesting oh, machines they are very weird <laughs> so i i have one more question of the questions that we've kind of planned out and then we've mm -hmm. got a couple of questions that have come up in chat and then from reddit so my question yeah. of the CWL teams, who is your top three teams right now? And what is your very early prediction of who is going to win CWL Anaheim? Wait, is Anaheim mm. the next one? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I'm going to um, check that, but go ahead. It is. Mm, it's it's difficult. So I would 100% say 100Ts up there. Like there. I think Absolutely. that's kind of a given in terms of like top three. Um, I really want to see Genji play a little bit more because I feel like they had a good run. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if they're going to be like super consistent. Um, but I think the OG has to be up there. So there's like guaranteed top two. I think mm -hmm. the third one could be argued. I think United could have an opportunity for that spot. Um, I think I want to see how LG comes back. I don't know if they're always mm -hmm. going to be up there either. Um, I want to see how Splice tries to make their comeback as well. But I would say 100% 100T. 100% OG, and I think I might have to give United the swing, um, yeah. at least in terms of those predictions, which I know are like the top three at CW London, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'm interested, though, after the roster change periods, after everything, after every roster starts to mm -hmm. kind of uh, solidify over time, I think that could easily change. But the only consistent one for me is Hunter T, and my early prediction for Anaheim is going to be Hunter T again, just because I like them a lot. Even if they would have come in 
for example, second, they would still be one of my favorites to win Anaheim, just right, based off right. the progression of that team, the way that everything works, and and how pliable that they are as as a group. So, um, yeah, I would say those are my top three. Like I said, they they could be changed. Like you know, I think Jinji yep. has the capability to be up there. I think. Um, you know, a few other rosters who kind of underperformed this past weekend could mm-hmm. be up there over time as well. But um, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. My top three has oh, six sure. teams in it, which <laughs> I get like, that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, like, I was like checking them off the list over time. I was like, ah, I can't put them there, but I can. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly, exactly. It it just turns who turns up on the day. Yeah, it really is. And you you mentioned Gen G. We didn't really touch on them too much when we were talking about you know the London recap, but. They are, I think, maybe one roster move or one kind of role shift away from being like a winning winning a tournament. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I think they're a really solid group, and I think they, I want to say they took Hunter T two a game five. Yeah, which did. I think that was like, what, obviously, you know, uh, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think OG like you know beat Hunter T earlier on in the tournament, which was like you know the, the closest series essentially in that case, but. Uh, you know, uh, I think that they're a really talented group. I think they have a lot of really good communication. They're a good search mm-hmm. and destroy team, which isn't my my favorite. I know they've kind of relied more on respawns recently with the recent changes, but uh, Envoy is a very talented player. I think Mox, without question, should be involved in the top five AR discussion because of how well he's been playing. So um, they got a good group. I, I agree. I think that they they probably are one roster change away from being much like how United kind of is in that same conversation. Right from being an actual contender. I think they're a good team, and obviously they, they send a lot of teams to a very close matchups uh, or have some really cool, close matchups, but I think in the longevity of things, I'm taking an OG or I'm taking an E United, I'm taking a Hunter T in terms of respawns more times mm-hmm. than not versus, versus a group like that. So No, I 100% agree with that, yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, obviously a lot of valid points, and uh, I definitely think that they've got a good future ahead of them. Throughout the, the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on, we, as Sam mentioned, we do have some questions from the chat Twitter as well. Um, so I'm going to start off with the questions that we got here from Reddit. So the first one comes from the Garden and Splice. And this is points or are people overreacting to? It's a good question. Uh, that's a really solid question to ask. Um, so to say that, do they need to change right now? I would say no. <laughs> I would evaluate Pro League and kind of go from there. In terms of overreacting, I think, in especially Splice's case, I think it's fair to kind of go a little bit crazy right now. Like you go from second, you go from <laughs> third, like those kind of placements to, you know, just getting demolished by teams that you absolutely shouldn't. Um, you know, in LG's case, they didn't look that great either. Like they go to, I think they went to, they, I think they went to game five versus Elevate, the start of the losers bracket. And I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, where's this team's head at? So, um, and the way that the, you know, the, the pro league is working and honestly with franchising next year, it's just like, you want to have such a, a core group of players. If you, if you really think you have a solid opportunity at franchising next year, making sure that your five man lineup is prepared for the longevity of a, of a title next year is super important. So I think if there were a time to kind of freak about it, freak out about roster changes and wanted to make sure that you are super prepared, not even for champs, but for next year more primarily, which we've never had that happen before. It's like, all right, who's ready mm-hmm. for champs. It's like, who's ready for franchising, which is after champs, which is going yeah. to actually be what the future of the game is, uh, is super crucial. So I think overreacting oh, to sure. roster changes, not really. And to be honest, like, LG's case, there's an actual prime example of something that maybe could be a, an issue with them. And for Splice at the same time, 
you know, from top team to just not there, uh, you know, is kind of worrying as well. So um, is it the time to make a roster change as of this moment? Obviously you can't know, but evaluate pro league. If you don't see any dramatic improvements, I think you do make a change. For sure. Yeah. And I think the one good thing to know is at least is they, uh, they don't play in these coming weeks. So they do. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then one thing to note about LG as well, you mentioned about that went game five in every game. Oh, did they? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, game five against eight, game five against A's, and then like it's it's scary to think that first a team like Elevate, they were one game away from placing dead last. So yeah, yeah. right, yeah, exactly. I feel like they're a hard team to predict. Like I know Envy's kind of been the main discussion for everybody. Like. In terms of inconsistencies, but I think LG is there as well. It's like mm-hmm. I, yeah. people were talking about, like if they can just beat Elevate for for some odd reason, like just kind of get some some momentum under them, then they're gonna cruise through the bracket. And that's like I said, that's something that I don't really want to bet a whole lot into. Is <laughs> is uh, you know something along those lines? Because I mean, look at how they were performing in the first. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think they've definitely been more open. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess sticking on the topic of questions uh, from Moon, uh, he says, "What intangibles?" Do- um, so the first thing that I think that the classic kind of brings to the team is that he is like a, a, a nice voice. Like in terms of of like his presence to the lineup is really nice. Uh, I think for a team like Luminosity, it's kind of nice to have a person like that. He kind of almost to me acts like a Facento used to for a lot of teams, like not necessarily right. the leader in this case, but just a voice that's like there that's willing to kind of do the dirty work if need be. Um, I've been, I was, I had a lot of high hopes for Classic this year. I know he's had moments, um, and it hasn't really worked out to the best. Um, but I think Classic usually thrives on a team that's not, you know. It's kind of hard to, to judge Classic because I think his intangibles are things that don't always show up on the stat sheet most primarily. I think they're kind of based off of roles. It's based off of unselfishness. It's based off chemistry. Uh, he's kind of like the glue to a few of these teams, and I feel like he's almost trying to be glue for a team that's just not possible to to mend all that together. So um, right. I think he, he is an act. I, I would say Classic for me is the definition of a team player. But the problem is, is whenever you have a group of guys who don't work as a team, being a team player doesn't really mean a whole lot. So, uh, and I'm not saying that LG will be like that for the future. It's just, I, I think he, he was a very valuable piece on, on a few teams. You know, in a few prior titles, he looked like an actual top five, top 10 player. And I was hoping yeah, to see absolutely. that for Black Ops 4 because that would have just made this team so much more scary. Um, but I was a big advocate, you know, coming into this LG team. I like Classic a lot, but I feel like, the way that LG needs to work, they need someone like JCap. They need the voice. They need someone to bring him in line. They need almost a coach in game. And that's not what Classic is there to be. He's almost like a mm-hmm. priest of mentality of like, hey, just put me where I need to be, and you know, I'll do what I need to. So uh, that, that's yeah. I would kind of value Classic as like the definition of a team player. Right. Yeah. For what sure. you need, you know, sometimes. Um, so. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I, and I think, like you said, I, I was uh, hoping to see. You know, kind of the classic that we have seen, like you said in previous times. But I deserve to. But himself, right. not to say that LG is a bad team, obviously, or um, the, the bad players. But I think his place would be best served on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So. 
next question comes from APSL. Um, will FaZe do well next event? So that's a good question because I've been kind of having the same thought process as well. Like, <laughs> you know, what FaZe is really going to do? You argue yeah. they probably should have beat Luminosity or, you know, and next that, that hard point that they come out with the game after they beat LG, you know, I thought was kind of like they probably wouldn't have had that same momentum realistically. Yeah. So uh, you could argue like how that series would have gone even despite the control. So I'll kind of give them that. Let's say that they do win that series. They go up against a really talented NB team, uh, you know, who they played well against in terms of the, the pool standing. So I, I don't know. For mm -hmm. me, it's like, I feel like FaZe has the capability to do something. I'm just, I'm worried about like an actuality every role because like they're, they're solid in every role, like Scraps, for example, the Maddox, but like there's not anything that like stands out to me. Like I like Zuma. I like Asim. Yeah. I think they're good players. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. For like me, I don't think you could like to say that FaZe will flop after having a top 12 placement. I don't think they're a top 16 team. Like I think they're probably right around top 12 as of this moment. I don't see them eclipsing top eight unless we see something dramatic happen. Um, so I think it's kind of hard to say like they'll flop when you could argue that in their minds, they probably kind of did. So um, I think they have a good group though. I think they have a good coach. RJ's a really good coach from what I've heard. And I think they have a good staff yeah. around him as well. Uh, and I feel like, you know, they could maybe even over time make, uh, you know, a little bit more of uh, an upgrade over time in terms of players or in terms of like how they work as a group. So uh, I thought they're a good group of players, though. But to say that they would flop next event, I think they'll kind of remain where they are, maybe go up a tier, like place top eight. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just kind of hard to say that they would flop after they place top 12 when there's 16 teams. So yeah, no, for sure. I think my only issue is this is a new team. They're all players that are very integrated. And like guys who joined from to make a change yeah. I'm really happy with the change that they got um, so I think you know the momentum that they, this team should have had coming into it should have gotten them a little bit further yeah a little bit mm -hmm. um, obviously time will obviously help as well um, they, yeah, we... right um so, I mean, yeah, I think it's it's definitely something to see, to keep an eye on. Um, whether they'll flop, like you said, I don't think so. But, again, time will tell. Definitely. <laughs> um, so the next one is an interesting one. Uh, Guigo09 asks, what pros do you think need to hang it up? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting one. Um... I don't know, man. Uh, what pros need to hang it up? I want to try to like throw someone under the bus. Throw anyone joke. under the bus, yeah. Hmm. I'm looking <laughs> through like a list of player names right now. Let's just this is get Jcap out, man. You know what? Uh, he's so old, <laughs> like you know, he just better be served as a coach. Just doesn't really deserve to be on. No, obviously, I, I'm a huge right, fan. Jcap, like flip thought. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh here we go <laughs> here comes reddit here comes all the clips no i mean honestly like it's it's kind of hard to like say who needs to like put it up essentially um yeah i think there are there are some players who i looked down the list of and i'm like wow he'd be a, you know a really good coach i think this guy would be really good you mm -hmm. know best serve maybe doing something right. else but uh i think it's kind of a hard answer to or a hard uh 
question to answer uh just because oh, sure. you know i feel like a lot of them do deserve to be there so right yeah well um so next we'll go with uh one of the questions that came from chat from purify uh he's been in and out quite a lot of the episodes um good to see him back uh he asks what are your thoughts on optic proved and could have easily won the top um to the Arsenal. So I would say um, OG's a good team. I think we saw improvements for them, obviously from the last tournament. I think it's kind of you know mm-hmm. easy to call that. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. But uh, I think a lot of people are kind of basing on the fact of like, oh well, you know they they messed up on this and that's why they lost. It's like, well, they yeah. lost. Like you know, I, I get that point of view, but at the same time, it's like, you know. They they made some mistakes, which is what every team makes. That's the difference in what one team like. I feel like theirs are just more elevated because of their presence online and because of the way that you know some of their games are broadcasted and stuff like that. So I feel like their their errors are more known. But for the most part, the way that you win a lot of these series is just by making less mistakes than the other team. So um, I feel like for OG, could they have beaten Hunter T? Yeah, but I, I feel like for the most mm-hmm. part, like when it came to that United series, it was just like they just weren't there. Like. And we've never really seen that before. Like always, like United has struggled versus OG or even top respawn teams in their history. So for them to not easily, but pretty much gracefully make it by OG the way that they did, obviously taking two respawns is something to to definitely kind of write home about. So um, I will say like OG, better spot, but I am a little bit worried for them. I'll say that I'm a little bit worried that they lost, you know, pretty much. What three one three zero? I think how they get eliminated. It wasn't close games. It wasn't around eleven. That oh my gosh, if Karma would have looked that way, he would have won the gunfight. No, it was like mistakes that you can't afford to be making versus top tier teams. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's um. But and then so just a couple more questions left. Um, this is probably my favorite one. Uh, comes from Shock No Twenty Six. He said, uh, did CWR London have the best card crowd of all time? And what was your chance? Oh, uh, so I will say like people give a lot of credit to London. I get it. But we also need to remember ESWC 2015. That Paris crowd was insane. I don't think they knew 100% what was happening, (laughs) but um, (laughs) they were going crazy as well. I will say I think London does eclipse them. I think Paris is close, uh, at least from what i remember uh you know watching that event how crazy and how groundbreaking it was at that time uh and there's a few anaheim events like you know we talked about like black ops 2 anaheim was like it wasn't the same but it was like similar in terms of like how much engaged the crowd was there but uh, my favorite chant um let's see here hmm I, I I like Tommy's like little kind of yell that he gave to the to the to the crowd about like LG. I thought, and they kept yeah. kind of doing that throughout the event as well. I thought that was kind mm-hmm. of funny. Um, and they were just saying some like interesting stuff that I just never like heard of before. Like I, like just some chants I've just never really heard in my life. So I like that one. The Maven one was great. I'm trying to think if I'm missing out on one. <laughs> but like the LG one was probably my favorite. I I just love like uh, hearing some banter go back and forth and like kind of getting some booze. Like it, it's nice to like kind of hear that from time to time. So. I thought that you were gonna say the Maven one for sure. Maven one was great. I will say like that's that's <laughs> it's always a classic. It's always fun to mess with Clint. <laughs> Perfect. And so then uh, the last one that I have here actually comes from Hunter. This is uh, he actually stole this one. I asked this question pretty much every week. Um, but do you have any plans to stream? 
And if so, when? So I, I would love to stream. I think that'd be a, a lot of fun uh, for the most part and not to be like, oh, well, I'm too busy. But I kind of am a, like kind of busy recently because mm -hmm. uh, I, I, you have kind of outside ties with family and, you know, girlfriend and school and then, you know, a full-time job and stuff like that. So for me, like, I would love to. And I think in the future, it'd be a lot, a, a lot of fun to try to stream, even if it's something, you know, related. But um, I, I do, I, I kind of get burnout from time to time by being on camera uh, sometimes right. in terms of like being on actual broadcasts. And it's just like, not always fun to like put on a, per not a persona, because it's not really a persona, but it's like, not always fun to, you know, just be like this in front of a camera and try to like, you know, like, oh, this is fun. Right. This is amazing. Like, it's nice to just kind of, yeah play games just kind of relax also i'm not good enough at video games i think that people will be interested <laughs> enough to watch i think that'd be kind of like a tim the tap man like hey you're just here for my personality hopefully like mm -hmm. you know you just you stay um but uh yeah I would, I would definitely be interested in streaming i'm just not sure if it would logistically work for me right now and uh and why not but uh i think it'd be fun i think it'd be great i, I, I think streaming is great that's what i watch all the time so mm -hmm. uh, how often do you get to play games at um I would say every maybe, and it's kind of strange, but like maybe every two days, I'll maybe have like an hour or two to kind of hop on, maybe play some Fortnite, okay. play some COD um, at work sometimes, which is perk of the job. Uh, you know, I, I try to do some <laughs> research, you know, for, uh, for, for cast I have coming up. So for like, for like for COD, for example, I was trying to play some hardpoint, play some search and destroy, learn some, maybe some tricks and stuff like that right. fortnite tried to do the same thing and, and for other games that we've dived into as well so uh yeah i would say like you know a few hours maybe every few days uh you know for the most part but that's that's kind of the way it works right now wish it was more that's for sure mm -hmm. but right. priorities just it, um it's funny that you mentioned tim earlier just because maxi and i are actually both pretty big tim the top man fans so. oh yeah yeah love, love tim love, love the guy. so funny um, it comes from the COD scene as well, which kind of makes me a little bit kind of, you know, in favor yeah. of Tim more than more than other people, I guess. So, yeah, a, lo a lot mm -hmm. of people forget that, you know, he, he was big stream of Call of Duty goes mm -hmm. back in the day. Yep. Um, and the Tapman versus Nex. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard Nex's Sun name in a while. St. Louis native, by the way. Good old Nex. Yeah. That's nice. very nice. So just just uh, as we kind of wrap up now. Um, one of the things we do like to allow our guests to do is kind of plug themselves a little bit. So where can our viewers find you? What what are you doing right now? And uh, go ahead, plug away. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, you guys can obviously follow me on Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, at Lando. You can feel free to to check out my YouTube show as well. Talk about Call of the Esports stuff, which is, you know, the Esports Dispatch. Uh, try to upload or rather try to make these segments that are essentially kind of related to more of a sports feel. Um, I have a huge passion for for sports broadcasting, sports casting, mm -hmm. and kind of having shows, debatable shows, things like that that I'm looking to try and, and add in the future. But uh, I think the dispatch is kind of like one of those those first foot forward type things where I think it could be the future yep. of of mm -hmm. content, esports content, call it esports content to be more specifically, just because that's something that I'm super passionate about. So if you guys would like to, you can feel free to check out the the esports dispatch and uh and follow me on Twitter at Lando. So yeah. Great. Thank you so much for oh. taking the time to come on. We we really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys yeah. for asking me on because, um, you know, I, I, I really enjoy podcasts like this. I've mm -hmm. done a few in the past and, you know, it's, it's always, you know, nice to even have, you know, at times some community, like there were times where I'd have some casters kind of be brought in. It's like, it's just nice to know that people are watching it and stuff like that. Yeah. So really happy to be yeah. a part of it and, uh, and to try to, to help, you know, out other, other content. I think, 
it's important to, to be competitive, but I think it's also important to try and, and, you know, support other shows and other things that are out there and stuff like that. So I appreciate you guys for, for asking me on. It was a great time. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you again. And, uh, yeah, I really glad that you did obviously make it on and, uh, we will at some point have you on again in the future. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to be. All right. Thank you so much. Well, so if you want to go ahead and hop off that Lando, go. Okie doke. Um, but yeah, so have a good night and uh, thank you once again. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great night. You too. All right. That's a great guest. I feel like we've had so many good guests. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I think it's one of those things, right, at this point. You never know how people are when you're seeing them on the camera right. and on stage and but then when you actually get and have a, a good conversation and you realize like, oh yeah, they are just another human. Right. He <laughs> actually is a really nice guy. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Anyway, so um, quickly, I want to, bold prediction time. Mm -hmm. um, we have the matches starting next week. I'm going to post the, the link to the schedule in the chat really quick just to make sure you have it. Yep. And I got it. I got uh, it. Who's going 4-0? Who's going 0-4? All right, four and I'll give you mine oh. while, while you're looking at it. I have yeah. Evil Geniuses going zero and four. Um, I think I, they're an easy pick, but you know, I, I just even with the change, I just don't know what more you can get from them. Uh, just shout out to Hunter. I I would love to see UIU going four and zero. Let let's see it. Big limelight's on you right now. So, um, going four and zero. I let me see. They could win that. Yep, yep, yep. I have Genji. Genji going 4 0. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm going to go out and say it right now Genji is winning Anaheim. Mm. Okay. I'm going to add that to my um, document and we'll come back. To so, that. 0 4. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go EG. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then four and zero. Definitely got to put UIU up there. Mm -hmm. Um, but then honestly, mm -hmm. if you say Genji, I'm hanging. I'm hanging up right now. <laughs> Wait, man. So. I, I I don't think anybody, unless UIU get far enough. I don't think anybody. All right, I'm putting you down as UIU. It's on the record. All right, now. let's go. I'm right. down. Perfect. This is this is the week. Their week. Let's see it. So, <laughs> do we do we have a guest lined up for next week? Uh, not as it stands right now. Um, as you know, I'm back into move of uh, of right up and everything now so right. i can uh start looking on that as soon as possible um but yeah so not right now but as soon as we do know we'll be announced um what is that twitter so our viewers can go and find out who our next guest is going to be i'll you i'll you go ahead twitter is at dcwl pod uh-huh and what about your twitter what's that 
Mine is Madak FPS. You can find me on all social medias. FPS, so that Twitter, PlayStation Network, if you want. Um, Instagram. I think you did. I did. Um, and then YouTube, you can find me just at. Mm -hmm. And where can people watch and listen to this show if they weren't able to catch it live? And find it everywhere. So um, obviously, for anybody who's watching right now, you know that it's streamed live um, on the Twitch channel. But then the next day at 10.30 a.m. And the time we premiere it on my YouTube channel, which again, Madak, and we also put it live across Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, Play, Google Play Music, whatever it's called, <laughs> and SoundCloud. Is that yeah? Also, Spotify, iTunes, Google, and SoundCloud. There you go. Also, you say we, but I, I literally do nothing. You do all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, where can we find you, Stony? Um, just on Twitter, uh, Stony with a seven instead of a T. Uh, I mm. would love to get OG Stony, but I don't know if I mentioned that. But the guy actually blocked me when I tried to talk to him about switching <laughs> out his <laughs> username. But uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I did not know that, but I love it. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't blame him. I would block you too if I could. All right. <laughs> been a great show all Thanks right to everyone that well and listens. you've oh also you're, don't forget you're dead at this to, point uh, so um audibletrial.com forward slash the cwr podcast and click the humble bundle link below the stream or youtube video and uh always remember to run it up hashtag oak boys hashtag what does it make these enable on shout out to john robinson yeah oak boys worldwide shout out to john robinson shout out nade shot <laughs> mic drop boom Got to be up in five hours. See you later. Bye. <laughs> all the all the boom all the thing before we head out. Okay. Um, I just want to thank everybody for following the stream as well. We got Twitch Lando, Astronaut Shane, The Abstract. Am I allowed here? Uh, Codburner twenty eighteen Mania Wonka underscore zero zero seven seven and Ronald. Nah. Shout thank out you, those everybody. people. Thank you. All right. So now now goodbye. that is going to be it for the week. Thank you. Bye-bye.